What's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 166, as in Route 66. Oh my God, that dude looks like Dive, aka <laughs> Sexy Jesus. <laughs> the episode starts. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to go live anymore, honestly. Right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that, just, that's just hard. Yeah, that intro never gets old, dude. No, it's just hard. It never gets old. <clears throat> kind of shocks you, then, right? You got to pay attention to something. Something just puts you out of your seat. <laughs> What's up, people? That's that's Dov. That's MC Dov. I'm Jason DeBeas. This is episode 166 of the Option Podcast. I'm going to go on my split screen because I haven't hired my tech person yet, but I have three qualified candidates. If you're interested in tech from my show and you live in this area, um, just know how to work the V, the V, um, the Roland, the VH, the VH1, the V1 HD. I mean, you do that. I'm trying to think. Maybe I said this up, and we will talk about money later. I'll go um, you can put that wherever you want. In fact, um, I mean, I'll go live too. Yeah, perfect. Actually, put it against that, or put it on. You could put it on that. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't <clears> need <throat> that. Oh, shit. Sorry. Should have got you a tripod. Bro, I don't know how to go live. Any- well, I have one where I can yeah. like, connect the desk. I don't know why I didn't think to not bring yeah. it. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about you work that out at the same time because yeah, you're gonna multitask. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna. Do you did we were talking about Elvis? I just saw Elvis. Yeah. Uh, someone showed me a trailer like when trailer um, like one of his concerts. They were telling him he wasn't allowed to do this and do that, and he just looked at everybody and just lost his mind. And his and his agent perfect. And his agent was trying to get him um get him off the stage and I saw like this five minute bit this clip and I'm like I gotta see this movie man oh Elvis oh, man yeah yo that mo- I've watched that movie like <laughs> I think I've, I've watched it like six times already mm-hmm. I mean it's a long movie it's like almost yeah. three hours right? yeah it's 247 yeah I mean mm-hmm. it's basically like a three hour movie but dude oh I love that movie so much yeah and um, I mean, we were talking about it earlier, but like uh, I was named after Elvis, like my middle name is Presley. And so like, I grew up and I like I loved um, what was the actor's name for Elvis? I forget his name. Oh, yeah. it's uh, t- t- uh, something Actually, Tyler. Right? I'm putting it up. I'm putting yeah, what's it up his right name? Here. Oh, no, but the dude is drop dead gorgeous. Austin Butler. That's <clears> OK. Yeah, yeah, Austin Butler. That Austin guy Butler, killed it. Yeah. Well, apparently he. Because uh, I watched him in an interview with uh, Lisa Presley, uh-huh. and she was like so worried that like they were gonna butcher who like who Elvis was, or like 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 totally ruin his name and everything. Yeah. And she was like crying in the interview with Austin Butler. She's like, it was so weird. There like he's like she, she was like, you were literally my dad, yeah. like in that film, like one hundred percent. And wow. it was like it was a cool interview to watch. Yeah, yeah look at that. That is wild. So spitting image, dude. Yeah. The same like piercing blue eyes, same well, like drop I guess dead, it was smoke. between him and I think Harry Styles when it came down to like who they were gonna pick for the film. But then mm-hmm. like Harry couldn't sing like Austin could for like the Elvis right. uh, like interpreting you know, interpretation. And when you look back retrospectively, you they know they made the right choice. Oh yeah. You know they made the right oh, choice. Oh yeah, that film is phenomenal. Like I watched that so many times already. Yeah, he already won an Oscar. I mean, um, I'm sorry, I won a Golden Globe. Oh yeah, uh, which means yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> automatically means like if you don't know who's nominated for for an Oscar, he's probably nominated, and wouldn't be terribly surprised if he won. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I do There's like no way he's not gonna win. That and movie I do, was amazing. And I do like the movie because it shows, like, there's some people who are idiots, and you hear a story about them, and you find out they're, they're just idiots, right? There's no, mm-hmm. they're not misunderstood. No, they're just they're just an a hole, you know. And then there's some people that they are misunderstood. This yeah. dude, this dude, like, if you look at all of his worst moments, and we talked about it before the podcast as well severely misunderstood like one of the things a lot of my black friends because i grew up in brooklyn they're like they ain't down with elvis because he said he once said the only thing a black man could do for me is shine my shoes right and yeah. that's honestly that is as racist as something that someone could you know in, in the in the classic definition of the word the inherent mm-hmm. belief that is one is superior or inferior based on their race but you also have to consider this and you and you me and you talked about it a little bit and i'm gonna carry this water for you okay yeah so for us at that time period, that wasn't a terrible thing to say. That was just, people just pointed out race and just said whatever they wanted, black people and white people. The other thing was too, there was this immense amounts of pressure where they were asking him questions that were taking, that sounded like it was taking away from the work that he put in, mm-hmm. right? He did get a lot of his ideas from black people, from rhythm and well, blues. Well, because he and, grew up with the culture. Yes. You know, like like when you grow up around something, like that becomes your mm-hmm. culture. And like he grew up in the ghettos, like around black mm-hmm. culture and like that's that's what he he felt most connected to like through his music and that's where he found music mm-hmm. was through like black culture's music and that's like literally when he first started like listening to music started writing music and then um and like that's like that's what he grew up around like if if, if, he, if you're a, a, a dude from egypt and you grow up in jamaica like you're gonna listen to jamaican music like Probably, you're gonna yes. be playing jamaican <laughs> like especially if you're an artist you know so it's like he grew up in a place where he was around black culture and like black music all the time. And then people are like, Oh, like he stole black people's music, whatever. Da, da. And it's like, no, like he just grew up around that. Like that's, that's right. And then if you look at any artist from like the thirties to the seventies, mm-hmm. all they did was record other people's music and like do their own renditions of it. Yeah. And, and most people didn't even write also, their music, but there's also an exception to, of uh, stealing um, someone's idea and making it your own. There's that's, there's, in art in in the artist world all right yeah. you're you are you are this massive freestyle hip-hop all right i'm a former mm-hmm. theater performer and there's an old saying you'll love this one yeah good artists create great artists steal okay <laughs> good artists create yeah. great artists steal all the way back from shakespeare shakespeare if you look at hamlet all of the seneca all of the characters they're called seneca characters because seneca's a playwright that created the ghost the good guy the the assassinated like the guy that kisses the bad guy's butt walks around all mm-hmm. of those characters were, were were already shaped and shakespeare took the idea and ran away with it what are you gonna say because you have a thought yeah well i was gonna say like when when i look back at like all the artists like every color like yeah. during that time period in the early 20th century or like even early to mid uh-huh almost every single one of their big songs is just a song based like like literally like doing a rendition of someone else's song yes and then a lot of people think like oh no this person was the first person to do the song mm-hmm. and then you look back and you're like no this artist did before them this artist did before them like look at like amy winehouse like her like biggest song valerie yeah is another band song but everyone's like no that's amy winehouse it's like no it's not that's a whole different <laughs> band from like a decade before and it like like uh, or if you look at like Benny King, like he sang yep. a lot of other people's music. Yes. Like that's what people did is like, but they didn't do it. Like they didn't steal it. No, they would ask the artists and ask the labels, "Hey, can we record this song?" Because I was just right. that's what they did back then. They're like, "Hey, I'd love to do a recording of this song. Right? That's an amazing song. I'd yeah. love to record that." And then they would record their own version, and then that 
you know, if and if it blew up bigger than the other artists, it's like, well, I mean, that sucks for that other artist, but yeah, that's that's what it is. I think what I'm trying to say is, if people want to use the word "steal" as the operative word, they have to make sure the definition is clear, yeah. because the word "steal" gets it gets like this bad rap. I don't. A lot of people, like artists, we don't use stealing as as um. Well, we use covers you, yes. these days. Like they didn't have they like didn't for use us that as a word the word is then. bit. Like the bad word is bit. Right. Bit, right, right. bit meaning you literally took every word. Yeah. And and, and every idea. And then claimed it as your own. And claimed it as your own. But back then, yeah. like they they said like, oh, I'm doing this yeah. song. Like this is by this person. Yeah. And then they would record it. But we all get that, right? Yeah. Look. Hey, who is going to tell me that Dolly Parton's I'll Always Love You is better than Whitney Houston? Nobody. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, he just walked by. It's it's the one guy. <laughs> oh, shoot. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> but for the rest of the world, I don't mean to get on a bandwagon fallacy, assuming that a premise is popular because it's true. True because it's popular, but no. No, Whitney was better. So well, it's like, okay, so like recently I, I did a cover of Louis Capaldi's Like Someone You Loved. Yeah. And I did a cover of that. If someone's never heard that song before uh-huh. and they saw me singing that and playing it, they would think that's my song. Be- mm-hmm. And then if and if that blew up and I put it on Spotify and I released it like everywhere, like, hey, this is my rendition of this. But people just heard it. They'd be like, oh, wow, that song by Dive is really good. But that's just people not doing research or caring. And like that's the same way how people get their news. Like yeah. people get their news from just like one little clip on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is what's going on in the world. It's like, yeah. like, you didn't look into it at all. And they're just perpetuating whatever's going on. I feel like this is a similar thing with music. 100%. Where if someone like is, is re- or like, a, like lately there's been a lot of artists who are like, oh, this artist is stealing this song. Or, oh, they stole this flow from this rapper. Or they stole this from this. And it's like, but then the songs are like wildly different, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but that, because it's just like brings up a story and people are like, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't also think that the people that might have portrayed the original version of it are grateful. Like, I don't think Dolly Parton's out there singing I'll Always Hate You to Whitney, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the first time a lot of people heard the song I'll Always Love You was Whitney. Yeah. Right? A lot of people, um, you you and I were big time karaoke heads, right? Yeah. There's a lot of songs you sing that I, I've never even heard the radio version of. And then, exactly. So then when I hear the radio it's version, my it's version, like, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like I used to sing in New York. Like everyone has like a go-to song, even though we don't. We we uh, we're, we're two people that sing whatever we want. But you measure a crowd and you and and like a genre of music that's appropriate. Sometimes, Some, mm-hmm. sometimes you want to sing something. You have get something off your chest, and sometimes you want to entertain. So I sang. This is how we do it. Like almost every week at this place called the Parlor. Like every Sunday this night. Is how we do. It. And the host, uh, her name is Kristen Velasquez. She's like, I never even. I heard the song one day at Montel Jordan. And she's like, I like yours better. <laughs> and I'm like, it's because you're by it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but but great point though, right? Like, like we, yeah, we so I, sometimes I the, the 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 first time someone will ever hear that song mm-hmm. is the remake that you you took but, and ran away. Yeah, and. But that was and so what I'm saying is like the earlier decades, like whenever they would record someone else's song, they wouldn't put like oh cover or remix or whatever. They would just that's the name of the song, and but it's it's them doing it, so it's their rendition of it. Right. And nowadays, whenever you do something like that, you're like, like you put in the title like, "I will always love you." Cover or like remix or 
rendition or whatever, you know, to, to point it out. But back in the day, no one did that. Plus, no one wrote their songs back in the day. No. Like, there was a few people who did. I hand, like I was recently going through Benny King's catalog, and I was, like, looking up. Uh, it was, like, for a separate project, like, thing I'm working on or whatever. Um, but I was looking up, like, music he wrote, and he only wrote, like, five songs yeah. out of his, like, 80-song, 90-song catalog. And a lot of the songs he did were, like, also renditions of other people's music. And, you know, but, like, people don't talk about that kind of thing. People don't know about it. It's true. Uh, but he did write Stand By Me, which is, like, his biggest song ever. So I guess if you're yeah. a one-hit wonder, like, that's the last one to pick, you know? Dude, yes. Yeah. Dude, that's... But I love his music. And, yeah. like, even though I know he didn't write most of his stuff, I still love his music. Of course, yeah. Because it's, like, his delivery on it. You know, like, you, like he believes what he's saying and believes what he's singing. Like, right now, while you're talking, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at the percentages of people that write their own music, and I think... You'd be surprised that it's still almost the same number. So we're thinking that was that was like an old school concept, but um, well, it was an old school concept to to not state whether or not you did. And uh, I think they even hit it more back then because they're like, yeah, this is the actual artist like doing this. And nowadays, people just I, don't, I feel like people just don't care mm-hmm. in a sense. No. Like I I kind of care. Like if I really like an artist and I find out they don't write their music, it just makes me feel less connected to that artist right like if i like right now like uh because j cole was a huge influence in me from like 2009 to like 2017 you know like 2018 and if i found out he didn't write any of his music i would i don't know i would like might not be a fan you know i don't i don't know i'm looking up how many people write their own songs um bieber yeah, well, we knew that one. Yeah, uh, Maroon Five, Taylor Swift, like, um, just we're just talking like she's wrote some of her music though, yeah. hasn't she? Like her earlier stuff, didn't she I write? Think Swift, Taylor. Well, let's look it up. Let's take a look at. Yeah, this. I think her like early projects. I think her early projects. She did write some of her own stuff. Let's zoom in on that. Collaborative. Taylor Swift has made her career on. sharing her own story and being a songwriter so we think it's safe to say that this country turned pop star writes her own songs well most of them yeah yeah but then then i guess when you're like researching it sometimes like the way the way writing sessions work if you're in a if if there's other people in the room and they even contribute to like oh you should use they are instead of their they're now written down as someone who helped contribute right for the song. There it is. Yeah. So if you sometimes if people are just even in the room, they can get points on the song. Even though they don't say a single fucking thing. <laughs> it, dude, it's so <laughs> weird. It's so weird. Someone will be in a room writing music and like getting a lot of stuff. Um like getting like like they're they're doing like ninety nine percent of the work. And there's just like two or three other motherfuckers in the room. They can somehow get points on that track just for being in the room. It shit is so wild. Look, I mean, the person that they borrowed the room from probably gonna get credit too, right? Yeah, or they could just be like, yo, that was dope. You should do that. And then all of a sudden they're written down as points. It's like, what? Dude, I got movie credits from people using my apartment in Manhattan. (laughs) I got got movie credits. Yeah, right? So it's it's just so weird. Cause, and I I think, I I understand it's like all based on like legalities Mm. and and whatnot, but. Mm. End of the day, like if you write the song, you write the song. And like I've I've been in rooms where I've helped other artists write music, mm-hmm. 
And I didn't take any credit for it. I'm like, it's your song. Fucking release it. Yeah, hello. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't need to be on that. Like, I know I, I, I fucking wrote that whole hook. Yes. But I've no. ghost I've ghostwritten for some people. But it gets it out there. That's the point I was trying to make. It gets it out there. Yeah. It's not like Millie Vanilli where like they lip sync in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? There's literally like a voice Britney Spears. singing all the songs. <laughs> yeah. And these guys are Oh my god, did we talk about that last time? Really? Like how they how they got exposed? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is that the American well, music? Didn't, didn't it cut out? And then it, it was uh because they were using um they didn't have like um computer things. Yeah. So it skipped. I think it was a CD. Yeah, yeah. It was a CD yeah, or a record. The vinyl, that was I think it was the vinyl that skipped. Yeah. Yeah, girl, you know it. And then, and then it, it stuck, didn't it? It got it, like, stuck. stuck. Yeah. And then one guy just kept repeating it, and the other guy ran off the stage. That's so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna look up that. Come on, yo. Uh, YouTube is my YouTube is our friend, right? Come on, let's look up Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Now look, so as far as beats go, man, I might even every, set this up like right. Yo, as far as beats go, anything goes. Yeah, anything goes. Let me. This is kind of hard, actually. If I just have it set right here. Yeah, you could just put it on the um the no, recorder. No, I'm kind of like I'm just facing it towards the. Oh. Towards that. Damn that. Oh, it's I kinda, see. Yeah, yeah. See what I mean? So let's um. I don't know how to set this let's up. Use that. The camera, your lens is above it, so you could just put that, yeah. Yeah. Now lean in on the box, because your lens, your lens is above the box. Hang on, drop this shit. Could you please show some focus? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'll give you an example while you're doing that. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a beat, you know, Nori's beat, nothing, like what you're going to do. Oh boy, I came to party, right? And there's a new song called Billie Eilish. It's this. It's almost the same. Oh, by, uh, yes, Armani Blanco. Or whatever. It's almost the same like thing. So, yeah. But Black tack, big t-shirt, Billy Eilish. Oh my God! But this, actually, it's the same musical score. Uh, almost dude. the same score. I met that dude uh-huh. before he uh, before he blow up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I met him like, I think it was like a year and a half ago or something like that. And then I, we like we're supposed to be in like a group and we like message about something. And then I remember seeing him like, like a couple months later. I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot I met this dude." Whatever, da da. And then I saw he dropped that song. I was like, "Oh, wow. that's just kind of hard." And then I remember him posting about it and like hitting someone up that I knew, saying like, "Oh yeah, we're trying to get the rights to be able to," because they like I think they sampled Billie Eilish in that song. Yes. So they're like waiting for the rights, and then they finally got the rights to be able to like drop it, drop it. Why and then they started, and then they released it. I was like, oh, this is dope. And then it just blew up, and now he's like a huge artist. And it, and the song's like only a minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Check that long. Stylish. Black tap to t shirt, Billie Eilish. Yeah, no good bangs though. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's dope. Maha, first class, I'm the pilot. Yeah. And then put it in perspective. Yeah. Get out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not put it in perspective. <laughs> put it in perspective. That was. Oh, I got my I got my clip up. My clip for Millie Vanilli. Let's check it out. Let's see if they could do that. By taking things to a whole other level, yeah, Millie don't... Vanilli will go down as the most famous lip syncers of all time. These guys oh, are yeah, gonna show live, it. Nor did they I think I want to know if this is the American. Um, I want to know if this skips. If, if this is the actual video. Yeah. Right, I and it, it stops at girls who are true. Unknowns provided the real voices for the duo, Millie Vanilli. Oh, come yeah, on. no, because I remember that that they they didn't even yeah. record their own music. It was like it was like some other people recorded their music. Yes, and then 
they just performed it and lip sang the whole time. That is so wild. Yes. Like someone else recorded it and then they went out and like, that is so crazy to me. And they were like the top recording seller. I mean, I mean, yeah, they were huge. That's my age group. So I, yeah. I, I could tell you for sure that, yeah. you know, everybody, even in the hood was, was doing Milli Vanilli. Yeah. But I guess I was actually just looking for the part where they ran off. They don't have that. I was looking for the YouTube video where, mm-hmm. the, where it was the skip. The record kept, or the CD kept skipping, and one yeah, guy, yeah. one guy looped it like ten times, as many times as he could, and the other guy just, he literally ran off. That's the so stage. funny. That's crazy that they never even like wrote or like recorded. Like it was a different mm-hmm. person's voice. Mm-hmm. And how does someone not catch that when they're like in an interview? Because like my voice at least sounds like my rapping. Yeah. I guess when I first meet people, they'll like hear me talk, and then they hear me rap, and they're like, like. Because they're not used to hearing how people's voices are compared to how they talk. Like, I'm used to that because I record so much. And I've recorded so many other people where I can distinguish, like, I can hear someone singing or, like, rapping that I've only ever heard talk. And I'm like, oh, that's this person. Right. But I'm, like, used to hearing that. But, like, other people aren't used to hearing the difference between, like, what you sound like singing or rapping versus how you sing when you're talking. <laughs> so people will be like, yo, like, who who's this? Yeah. I'm like, that's me. They're like, that doesn't sound like you at all. And I'm like, yeah. that's literally, like, my voice. On a beat. This like, I'm just rapping. Like, rapping is just, like, my, like, literally, like, talking a little, you know, with some different inflections and, yeah. and whatever. But that's, yeah, yeah that's if, Dive, if, if we're just talking about you mm-hmm. um, and using that as a small sample size, yeah, there's no way they can't know that's you. <laughs> there's no way they can't know that's you, man. I, I know. know that's you. And I, I met you before I even knew you were a hip-hop artist. I thought you were a voice. Yeah. Cause the on, the only way I, the only association at that time was singing. Mm-hmm. I never heard you freestyle, you know. And and look for the people listening to this podcast. All right, there's two kinds of singers. I'm gonna be real. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's someone, maybe there's one of your friends that you you're like, wow, I didn't even have a voice. And when it's dunk singing, you're all clapping, you you're roaring like, oh, yeah, that's our boy, you know, this and that. So that's one kind of singer. <clears throat> and then there's someone that sings so well. When he's done singing, you can't you can't clap because you're frozen. You can't talk. You can't your your jaws dropped. Like, dude, you didn't tell me we had one of those in the room. Um, so the first one is me, you know, because I got mad skills, right? Yeah, you got skills. And the second one is you. <laughs> dude, what's what's funny is like, so I, I know what you're talking about. Um, when I was growing up, there was a couple artists. That like I did like school musicals with and I was in choir with because I I was a terrible singer, I was so bad what? when I first started. Yeah, when I was like because I started doing like musical theater and stuff when I was like six, and all the way up until like high school I was like a terrible singer, and because I was like I was good at everything growing up, and like that sounds like really like arrogant or whatever, but like, that's just the truth. Like everything I tried, like I was good at. The one thing I was not good at was fucking singing, and that's the one thing I wanted to do, and I could not do it at all and so i um um i was like you know i want to learn how to sing because uh every time i because i love performing i love being on stage or whatever and i heard if you like practice and practice you can become a good singer and i used to like practice songs and my mom would like cringe like every time i sang and like because i was so bad and then uh getting into high school i joined choir in high school and it took me like four years to like learn how to hit notes and pitch and my ears started developing and then like everything started to develop. And, 
Um, I started getting better and better at singing. And then I uh, got my tonsils taken out and I could sing a lot better. And uh, and then I just kept practicing and practicing. And I just studied from a bunch of different artists and, and whatever. And then eventually I got to the point where I could sing. But the, the what you talked about a minute ago, I remember there was like the people who would sing and everyone was like, oh, damn, this person's good. And then like you'd still just be going about your – especially like in, in theater – because uh, you'd be <clears throat> off to the side, like fucking around, or whatever, while someone else is practicing. And then there was like this one or two singers, especially this one kid I went to high school with that was phenomenal. And and he was so good where everyone else would be off, like we're all talking, whatever. He starts singing and everyone just stops their conversation and just the whole room is just dead silent while he's singing. Mm-hmm. And the whole room is just out there like, oh my God, he is so fucking good and just everyone is so drawn to it in my whole life i was like i want that experience like i want to be so good where the whole crowd just is quiet and they're engaged and they're listening and that's what i wanted my whole life and it took me like eight years nine years to get to the point where i can kind of do that like i'm not the craziest singer in the world but you are the craziest singer in the world. <laughs> no <laughs> yes you no, are i can I can practice a song well enough mm. where I can I and I have a really unique tone. Mm. I feel like not a lot of people have my tone and I think that's what is uh that's that's how I can get by as being like a better singer cuz like it's different. Right. You know people hear my voice and they're like I don't sound like anyone else. Mm. Which is c- cool until I blow up and then all of a sudden there's going to be like a thousand people that sound like me, you know. <laughs> but there there is a mainstream sound um that is um octave specific you mm. know what i'm saying like there are some some guys that are they're they're not barry white but they're not maroon five either mm-hmm. and, and they're they're i call them ranged uh octave tweeners they're, octave they're, tweeners. And, they're and they're probably never going to be um out there because it's not that the 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 pitch or the yeah. style or the style that 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 what some of the um i guess promoters of what they consider trendy or what they consider hip so mm-hmm. you are you are in the eye of the storm of that octave range not not to mention someone who knows their limitations that plays to it you know yeah and hopefully every week you know that's one limitation less and less because me when i was singing <clears throat> like right now you don't you can't hear on the voice but um if there was a note i couldn't hit like you know, you practice it until you could yeah and, and then and then you're like what range what limitations i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and if i have a good cold i could do barry white i could do yeah. <laughs> i could do secret garden right <laughs> yeah like i'll be sure is up here like like for example i'll be sure is, i want to be with you let me lay beside you do what you want me to Oh night, and go. then and then Barry White is like, I'll take good care of you, you know. Oh my, and but that comes from the nutsack, dude. That yeah. comes from down here, yeah, man. So, a little bit more. but I think what makes you unique, um, is you are, are you, okay. You have your own original sound that belongs to you, mm-hmm. and you can also take some of these songs and make it your own. Like pr- pretty much from American Idol season one. That's what all of these good singers are challenging, right? Like for me, because my degrees in theater performance, I will always be entertain people because I can do good impressions, right? Like if, if it's Black Street, I actually I, I listen to them and I adapt that sound and I sound like Black Street, mm-hmm. right? If I'm doing a British film, I'll watch like Snatch or whatever, you know. No, no, thank you, Turkish. 
I'm sweet enough. You know, so you start hearing these accents and you become that. So my um, range and skill in some of these songs came from just imp um, impressions of that person. And what's evolved is that um, some of these songs I'm making my own. Like, you heard me sing All of Me. I, yeah. I can't be John Legend. There's some people I can't be, you know, yeah. but but I can rock some All of Me, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I feel like that's how you, you have to learn how to sing is like you have to imitate other artists <clears throat> and you have to like you, like there's certain artists that i would listen to growing up and i listen to like every single genre and i think that's what's kind of helped me figure out my own sound mm -hmm. but you have to practice singing like as if you're that other artist and figure out how they sing like how they're doing certain runs or how their tone is or why they add certain afflictions to some vowels and not other ones and right. when you fully learn that artist mm -hmm. Then you move on to another artist and then you start training for that artist. And and I feel like uh, a lot of people, uh, especially who sing in like a tenor range like I do. And, uh -huh. and like I know you sing in baritone tenor <clears throat> range. Um, a lot of coaches will have them like sing like Michael or sing, you know, or like sing people who like have that higher, higher range. And until you practice that tone over and over again and then you start working on another artist and then another artist and. And that's how you that's how you learn your voice is by imitating through other people's yeah. voices. And isn't it cool that once you conquer certain demons, like there's certain songs where you're trying to hit a note and, and it doesn't sound right. And when you finally get there where you're comfortable hitting that note, you're just like there's almost like this exhale like yeah. now I could get on with life, you know, now yeah. I could get on with, with other things. For, so for the people who are, who are trying to keep up with this, I'll give you an example. Um, the song Mad World, Gary Jules, mm -hmm. like you can sing, um, um, how's it go? Like, I went to school and I was very nervous. No one knew who may, no one knew who may. Mm -hmm. I didn't say me, I mm -hmm. said may. Right. But it goes by some people because, um, you know, look right through who may look right through who may. Well, um, it's easier. Right. To you hold, see, see how it's, but you see how it wasn't me. Look right through me. Well, it if was you say me, it, it shortens your uh, it like closes your throat up uh -huh. and it closes your um, your mouth. Like when you say me, because you have to open your mouth. But when you say may, you can open you can fully open your mouth and then. And, and that's why a lot of artists will like use certain vowels like that or like change words. Mm -hmm. So when you say me, it's like it's so wide and you can't get an air out and it's all it's all in your upper uh, upper part of your voice. But when you say may, it opens up so you can like use your diaphragm and your voice can open up and you can really round out that sound. So then you can control it a lot better because when you say me, it's too it's you. You can't control it. It's just me. You know, it's there's nothing. But we say may you can fully open up your mouth. May, may you know, like your mouth can open yeah. up. You can't say me like me. Yeah, you know? that, that is no, definitely some O's and ah's, man. <laughs> to yeah. get some out there, some oohs, oohs, yeah, O's and ah's. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's a lot of different things you can practice mm. to to just kind of help. Uh, help your sound just be a lot be a lot more clear i i guess because because another another thing with the whole me may thing is when you say me those e sounds tend to like make you a little flat it'll yeah. bring you down a little bit because when you can and like 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 i said again when you like can fully open up your mouth and like use your full diaphragm like you can you're just up a little bit more on that note 
as compared to like being flat when you when right. you say like a me and plus it's just not a pretty like me is not a pretty sound when you're holding it for you know a whole measure or like couple measures like me <laughs> no. yeah it's yeah, not and, pretty and when i heard mad world the first time i heard mad world wasn't gary jules mm-hmm. it was adam lambert at american idol mm. um and he's the one that took the e to the to the a yeah he, he and, took and, the e to the a and simon i think that there was an episode that was only like 20 seconds left so mm-hmm. all three judges couldn't talk and simon's like we're running out of time so we don't have a lot of you know so i'm just going to do this and he stood up and clapped so yeah <laughs> and it made like all the headlines simon oh, okay. silently stood up and clapped because right. they only yeah. had time to do one thing and i thought that was really cool. yeah or if you listen to like <laughs> amy winehouse singing valerie yes valerie yeah she didn't say valerie she's no. like valerie you know and she like it she like really hits the a uh-huh. part when the song is called valerie and she she uses as valerie and she, but that's just another thing where you you don't want to use e's you want to like open up and say a E's and A's have always been a challenge for me to understand because as an actor, I understood consonants and vowels. I understood mm-hmm. in what, like, how consonants um, apply to something that's intellectually tickling where, and vowels are more like to get an emotional response out of someone, mm-hmm. you know? This is why when someone argues with someone, you hear values of, of vowels more than consonants, right? Mm-hmm. They, they had plenty of time, right? <laughs> they didn't even, he didn't say plenty. He didn't wet his teeth. Right. They had right. plenty, right? Because if he had a T, plenty of time is just like. It's harsh. So what'd you just say? Yeah, it's really plenty harsh. Plenty of time is like, no, he didn't. He, had, he didn't have yeah. plenty of time. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I noticed that a lot too, like when I'm rapping or, especially, or when I'm writing. I'll I'll be on the mic and like sometimes I'll like freestyle to get my words or whatever or, or I'll write words and I'm like oh this sounds like this bar is really fucking good and I'll go and rap it but it doesn't sound good because of the certain letters and afflictions and vowels and consonants and certain things that I'm using so I'll have to sometimes I'll write a concept and then freestyle that concept because when I freestyle it's a lot of uh, what I hear vocally mm-hmm. so i like i i hear certain vowels i want to use and certain runs i want to use that sound pretty and it might not be the best words but it, it sounds pretty so then i try to combine what i wrote with the uh, kind of freestyle um sound i want to create and i'll like combine it together to where it, now it sounds pretty because there's a lot of rappers who will say some really good stuff like they'll be saying some really cool things, but it just sounds like shit. And you're like, I like what he's saying, but you almost don't like it. And then, and then there's the opposite effect where on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who sound really good, but they're not saying shit. <laughs> like they don't. Yeah. So you have to find a way to, to kind of in the middle, like you have to sound good with what you're saying and then sound good with how you're saying it. And that's that's you, how I like to create my music. I give you an example. Um, Mims, right? Mims, the song "This Is Why I'm Hot." Oh yeah. There's probably not a song at that time this period that hot. was that was so stupid, <laughs> right? Um, right. This is why I'm hot. <laughs> right. I'm hot. I'm hot. Yeah. Hot this is why I'm fly. <laughs> you ain't because you, you not. not. <laughs> this is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Now, if I'm listening to it in my house, yeah. I'm like, and then you see the artist, I'm like. 
dude okay i first of all this dude ain't hot right so he okay see he's not it's not coming from an honest place mm-hmm. <laughs> right or then again maybe because he's making money you know and mm-hmm. then but then when you boom it in your car there's not a song there's no there's no song you want to replace that you mm-hmm. like all of us and you were in your car and then all of a sudden yeah the bass this is why up. i'm hot <laughs> yeah. this, and, and you in your car like this this is why this is yeah. why and then people are looking at you like and then you're like, I'm hot. Like, ah, you, <laughs> you ain't because you not. not. <laughs> but it was just right? fun to say. You know, so it was just I, fun to say. So yeah. you see that differentiation yeah. of what you, what everybody's like, it don't, it don't mean nothing. And you're like, but it and you're like, sounds I don't good. care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds it. good. You yeah. like the way it sounds. To your point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sure I could like come out. Maybe I'll like try this as an experiment someday. Like, I'll come out with a song. That like is it's both sides, you know. Like I was telling you, where mm. one side the words are phenomenally written, like uh-huh. so well written, but they sound bad. And then I'll have a song where it's just it sounds really pretty, but like nothing's being said. Right. And wow. I'm guessing people will go with the latter because they because people like how things make them feel, and it's usually after that where you have this juxtaposition where. People, um, people start thinking after they feel, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like, uh, like when people start, like when people resonate with something and then it makes them feel something, then they think, I don't think people think to feel, ah. I think people feel to think. Yes. That's a very, Cause even if you have like a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. you know, he's saying words, he's saying words and you're like kind of thinking, but then he, he hits a tone mm-hmm. where like, or he'll says, he says one thing that connects and now you feel the connection with him and now now he's got you thinking because of how he made you feel and it, like if, if you don't resonate with certain things like um if, if someone's telling me something that could be really useful information mm-hmm. but i don't care about it i don't think it's useful information it's not i'm not gonna resonate with it. i'm not gonna remember it i'm not gonna pay attention but as soon as they say like one thing that makes me feel something then i'm like oh okay shit now i'm gonna pay attention more because of how you feel so if you're saying a bunch of stuff and no one, it doesn't resonate with anyone like no one feels it like then they're not gonna the pay point? attention yeah. yeah there's no point you stumbled onto something very interesting i think i did you really did because in theater there are some styles of theater like um stanislavski um sanford meisner there's a certain style of theater like if you get up and move across the room mm-hmm. you need a reason to yeah Right. Yeah, I'm familiar. And with that. those people who are taught that are missing out with respect to that technique, which mm-hmm. has developed a lot of good actors, stage performers. But with respect to that technique, they're missing out on something that can really, really maximize who they are because they're like, I can't get up and move across the room unless I need a reason to. And that's not. What yeah. We're, and that's not what we're saying right now. Yeah. We're saying get up, move across the room, then come back, then go across the room again, then come back. Yeah. How, how do they make you feel? I right, do it again. All right, cool. You feel better? Not different? Funky? And now you're exploring through a different process and technique that Trial by the time you're ready to Yeah, but by the time you're ready to perform it, it's more organic. And mm-hmm. it's and and if you're doing it night in and night out, let's let's say you're touring, right? It's mm-hmm. sustainable. You're not out there struggling trying to do it. You're just doing it. So um I'm glad you said that because there are certain styles of uh, art that artists feel like um what's my purpose what's my goal mm-hmm. what's my goal what's my obstacle what's my tactics what's my expectations all of these things and i sound like i'm shitting on them i'm not i swear to god i'm not doing it because that works for people too 
Yeah. But I think for them to do that and only that, they're missing out on something that that could be really important in their lives. So well, it's, that's it's a the, big, that's a big pickup on your part. Yeah, man. I uh, <clears throat> I I've seen a lot of artists live, like especially a lot of <clears throat> rappers, and or like yeah, I'm just artists in general. I've I've seen a lot live and. One thing I noticed from like a good amount of artists is they can be good performers and they can be good vocalists, but they they don't have the mindset of like thinking from the crowd's perspective. Absolutely. So they so then they lose out on the connection with the crowd. And I mean, but you can still be connected with the crowd if they already know your music, they already love your music, whatever. That's already a base. But if you can connect with them in real time like that's such another level and i try to do that as much as i like when i perform i'm i'm not thinking about like how i'm rapping stuff like what i'm doing like i'm thinking about okay what what would make the crowd connect most during these songs and like i'll do certain things where i'm like okay i'm gonna start with these songs based on how the crowd looks and i'm gonna build and i'm gonna get their interest really quick and then i'm gonna try to keep it by like either sustaining the energy. And then when I drop it down to a slow song, I'm going to sit down on a bar stool, have the lights go low. Cause now I'm already connected. So now I can yes. connect with them on a different level. And cause they've already seen the big lights. They've already seen me coming out, fucking sprinting around the whole yeah. place. And they're like, okay, yeah. Like I like the energy. And then once, once the connections there, then I like to slow it down. And I like, if I can control all the lights, like I, it's a great fucking show. That's like I love, I love, Yes. controlling everything like that and like i have yeah. i bring my own fog machine i have my own like lights and everything so um one of the things i like to do is is like build mm. that instant height because i like grabbing people's attention that aren't there to see me right so i'm like right out the gate i'm i'm giving them like 110 percent energy and they're like yo who the fuck i want you to hold that thought because we stumbled on a something else okay. you being in control of things that you're responsible for yeah and i want i want to you you to make a mental note but i wanted to share a story about you with um, yeah. um some of the people so i think it was hennessy's manhattan beach mm -hmm. you and me we usually do some, a lot of mondays because mondays is like maybe there's 15 people maybe there's 50 but we try out some songs and yeah we, it's fun yeah right it's almost like a lab you trying out yeah. songs and see if some people like it right so one wednesday night and this is for the audience listening um uh, I've like one of my favorite go-to songs. If I have to have a go-to, is like all of me, and then there's of, of course I'm feeling good, bubbling, mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and what stand by me. But there was one that you're like, I'm singing all of me. I'm singing. I'm stealing your song, even though you even though you sing it just as much as I do. So yeah, and that was really cool saying you're stealing my song, but you weren't. So, <laughs> and I'm like, I know he's gonna do this shit better than me. You know, there's a part of me that always says that. There's a part of me that always supports you because we support each other. Mm -hmm. But in that place, I'm like, this dude, this dude's gonna, this goes, this dude's gonna take what I do best and fucking run away with it. So, and I said, no, no, let me. If I'm just gonna like it, I'm gonna appreciate it. So you sang all of me, and there was a girl in the table at the table, like somewhere near you, mm -hmm. was crying. <laughs> you no, made you made this girl cry, and no I said, you son of a bitch. I love you so much. She was crying? Crying. No way. She was crying. And her friend was hugging her and and she was like, it's so beautiful. And, and she must have been And her up. friend's like, you didn't see her. her friend's like, go, go say hi to him. She's she's like, like she can't she can't do it. Like 
there's a part of her that didn't want you to see her cry but yeah. she, at the same time she, she didn't not want you to let you know that she appreciated yourself mm-hmm. so that was like a side story i wanted to get to because that's, oh, I, like I call it. that i call that my you son of a bitch moment because that's <laughs> that's my song you took that song and you made someone cry mm-hmm. um but you were talking about something where like you do your fog, you do you set up your own this, you orchestrate that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm gonna give you the floor you, uh, to be more elaborative because yeah. you can tell me about you more than I can tell you about you. Um, in the army, I had a sergeant that said, "Never have someone put you in a position where you're responsible for the mission, but they're the ones that tell you that that are calling the shots." Mm. For example, yeah, if I'm in the middle of absolutely. fixing a generator, right? And yeah. if I'm supposed in my procedures, I do something else first and someone comes along, I'm I outrank you. No, you're doing that first. And then something goes wrong with it. No, and fault. they go to that guy. That guy's like, I didn't touch that. It was him. He touched it. It's his it's his. He's I didn't you know, I'm not the mechanic here. He is. So I'm just like it's one of the reasons I like the army, and it's the same reason I left the army, because it depends on your commander. You're, you know, I had, yeah, I had this asshole captain, and I was like, okay, I'm fulfilling my obligation, and my obligation is up when? Out. So I'm giving you the floor because I think there's something else that was important. How important it is? How important is it to you to call your own shots in relation to you being successful or responsible for the result? In terms of shows, that's like my biggest thing like i not necessarily have control but i want to have i want to have a full say on like how the show is set up and it's not uh, a close-minded situation where i'm like i'm gonna give details and be like this is what i want this is what i want this is what i want and if it doesn't happen like it's it's, sure like whatever that's fine but if i want to give an amazing show i have like I'm like, I want this done, I want this done, I want this done, I want this done. We figure out what's realistic out of those things, and then we make it happen. Or if someone else has an idea like, oh, what if we did this? I'm like, sure, that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. You know, like, I'm very open-minded to other people's ideas, and and that's, like, with anyone I work with. So, I, I like, even if, if, like, one day down the road I'm doing shows that I'm huge, you know, let's say I'm, like, Drake level or something, I'm, and I'm doing shows, if a stagehand came up to me and was like, yo, I think it'd be cooler if, if you did this instead of this, I listen, like, I wouldn't be like, who the fuck are you getting paid hourly? Like, you, you know, you, you're a nobody, you know, I wouldn't do that. Like, yeah, I love hearing other people's perspectives and maybe that dude's probably worked 20 years of shows and knows what realistically looks good during a performance. So yeah. you never know. Um, but to, to get back on track, I, um, uh, if I were to set up a show, like I love controlling the mood because I feel like I have, I'm really good at reading people. Like that's like one of my, like probably better traits. Like I'm very good at like reading the room, that's why like we're reading friends. how people are. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and so like I'm very good at that. So when I'm on a stage, and I can feel the connection between the audience and how they're feeling, I want to be able to control that to to guide it to where it's a it's a whole performance you know i want people to be like there's one of the things i hate right now about about movies is there's this really dumb thing that's been happening in the last decade i fucking hate it i'm holding under my chair yeah <laughs> it's so dumb go ahead 
Go ahead. It's a directorial style that I absolutely hate. Where they take movies that are really good, really high budget. This could be an amazing movie. The storyline is awesome. And then they keep the pace like boom, 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 boom. And there's, it's just all fast, the whole movie. Like the new Jurassic World movie. I so I so there's no topping. To to start with this, yeah. I fucking love Jurassic Park. I grew up I watched every single dinosaur documentary. I knew what every single dinosaur was. <laughs> I was like like animals, dinosaurs, history, like that. I watched fucking everything. Like that was my favorite thing. So Jurassic Park, I love that movie like that series so much. And then Jurassic World came around, I was like, this this movie series is dope too. I really like this. It was cool. And then the last one, they're going to combine the Jurassic Park. And I was like, the nostalgia. I was like, no this way. is insane. That's a kitchen and I sink went mentality. to watch the movie. I don't know who the director was, but he fucked that movie up. Yeah. Because the whole movie was just scene, 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 scene. And if you watch movies like that, like people don't pay attention to this. But if you watch movies that do that, boom, 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 scene, 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 scene. There's music playing the entire time. And that's to keep the pace of the film right. going. So there's not one scene where it's just quiet and people are talking, having a conversation. It's like boom, background. There's like a little bit of music yeah. playing. There's this movie. A, a ton of musical score. It, yeah. Yeah. And it keeps the pace going. And because they just want it like fast, 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 action, 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 like this, this and this. And it's like, dude, fucking slow it down. Let me feel something. Like if you want to start with some action and you want to start here and then slow it down, build some, like, I, I don't feel connected to the characters. I don't feel connected to anybody. Oh, this person just died. I don't fucking care. I, I don't I, care. Yeah, because you know? you're already numb. Um, yeah, to well, the pace. Like, theater, you're not connecting to it. Well, in theater, we call it topping, right? Where, like, this, where you're, you're leading up to a, a climatic series where the audience engaged and the, and the stakes get better. Um, the stakes get raised a little bit more mm -hmm. and a little bit more and a little bit more. But if you're in the beginning of the show where the stakes are here and they stay up there, um, there's and there's nowhere to top. We call it topping. Yeah. There's nowhere to go to. Um, that's 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 a fail. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's why the Black Adam movie didn't do as well. Is yeah. Because I mean the CGI I amazing. I, I love know. Dwayne Johnson. I know. We, what's yeah. not to love? I was gonna yeah. say we what's have to, not we, have, to no, we have to cite as that as um we have to disclaimer that first how yeah. we feel about Dwayne before right? Yeah. We, no. Dwayne, he, he killed and like him in a movie where he can just be a fucking tank badass who just fucks everyone up i love that that's dope yes but then the pacing of that movie was just so fa and i even pointed mm. it out to alex when we were um watching the film is like there, i'm like dude there has not been one time during this movie where it's been silent yeah there's been a sound or a music soundtrack playing the entire time and i feel like that's why the movie didn't do as well like i still right. thought it was a dope movie like yeah he but, was fucking people but up. they were missing they were missing the boat on 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 some of those things, yeah. It's, yeah, but I, I hate that. And then there was a uh, this other film. It was based off of a video game. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh, it was a Monster Hunter. I think that's what it was. And the graphics were nuts, dude. These monsters were fucking crazy. <laughs> but the whole thing, movie was just boom, yeah. boom, boom, scene, 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 and it's like, dude, I I like lost because they think everyone's attention span is like this so they're trying to sell to people who are just fucking on tiktok scrolling around like on like whatever but it's like people who actually enjoy storylines like uh did you watch uh, the woman king that came out like, this last year no i didn't amazing movie I gotta that movie that. was so my should i do wakanda forever first 
Is there chronology there where I should, oh, I should no. see that first? No, the Woman King has isn't is Marvel. It's, it's like its own separate. Oh, yeah. So it has nothing to do with with, okay. with that at all. Um, so yeah, Woman King is just oh, its God. own separate. But the storyline was so good. Like it started off with like all, like a lot of action, like all this stuff, and then they slowed it down and they built out this whole storyline for like the longest time. And it was just so cool. They had all these intricate relationships and all these other things that they've built, and then it's built. Now you care about all these separate people. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they had this crazy like fighting scene again, you know, and it's, it's like awesome. That was perfect. You wrapped it up. Great. There wasn't some bullshit, you know, you didn't have like a really obvious endings and everything mm-hmm. like that. And then in, um, uh, and, and then in all these other films, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's yeah. like, dude, I don't care. I don't care. I think if you see something like Avengers Endgame, mm. like, those like the the climatic the climatic series happened four or five times in the same movie, but it was so the timing was yeah. so appropriate. Like yeah, like um, you know, Cap Sam, can you hear me? There's yeah. no music. Dead Sam. Yeah, you know, on your left, you you want to cry. Yeah, and he comes out. The panther comes out there, and you start. I, I and literally, then the music slowly. I, I comes feel like, in. even talking about it now, yeah. as we speak, I'm feeling the rush. Yeah. right now and then you hear the uh, a, a small musical score that's not like to yeah. you know just one thing and then panther then this guy then plus then Ibom, that's like that years, yeah and that leads and then the music builds up and then avengers silence yeah assemble yeah, but it's just that's that's so much nostalgic bring up because because if you think about it, that was like movies and yeah. movies of of like build up and like right. even him saying on your left like yes. that's a build up from, from the Captain yes. America movie when he from was like years jogging. ago. Remember when he's jogging? Yeah. And he kept passing him on your left. Yeah. On your left. He's like, dude, I'm trying to run here. And, he's I, like, and you I say think on my I'm left going one fast. more time. Yeah. I think I'm running fast. And then this, then yeah. this super soldier keeps laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so on I your know. left was. But it, that was yeah. so beautifully done mm-hmm. in the, what, 10 plus years that they had that series from Iron Man all the yeah. way up to Endgame. And it was just so, like, they cared about it so much. And all these other films are coming out with are fucking garbage. Agreed. Dude, because they're just cash grabs. That yeah. new Thor Love and Thunder movie was the worst movie. It was aside, the worst out of all the Thor movies. Aside from Wonder Woman 2. Yeah. Like, those are on par as, like, the worst movies I've ever seen. And it's too bad because you look at the work um, Hemsworth, um, you know, Chris put in. Yeah. And, um, and he's a great actor. And who's who's the other girl? Um Natalie Portman? Yeah, Natalie Portman. Yeah. yeah. They have a video called Natalie Portman Cries a Lot. It's a two-minute video because <laughs> she was a child actress. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Heat or Al Pacino, Rob De Niro. Oh, the, she's the little girl? Yes, that's Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah, but it was shit. Maybe it was So she cries and they oh, have this compilation God. movie called, uh, this compilation video on YouTube called Natalie Portman Cries a Lot. So guys, look that up. But it took... Uh, She's found a character niche and a great story arc in her character, and that got severely taken away from this but terribly, her, her ri- terribly written, terribly directed script. Dude, Taika Waititi is the one who directed that, and he came out with like I don't remember exactly what he said, but he basically said like I'm giving what the the people what they didn't know they wanted. It's like no, we just don't fucking want it. And it was so bad. And then Chris Hemsworth said something like, yeah, I'm never going to work with some genius director ever again. And then they fired Taika Waititi because that movie was so bad. Here you have 
I like I can get into a whole Marvel rant. I fucking love Marvel. But like Gore the God Butcher is like That's why we're here. Go ahead. Gore the God Butcher is one of the craziest MCU villains of all time. This dude is insane. What's guy, it called? His name's Gore the God Butcher. He's yeah. a guy who's played by Christian Bale. Okay. So Gore the God Butcher in the comics is one of the scariest dudes of all time. Like this dude is this like uh, I mean he's an alien on not on his planet but like he's he's on an alien planet like, right with his race of people or whatever in the and they uh, pray to gods. To like say that because there's no water, there's no food, whatever. The whole planet's dying, and they keep praying and praying. And he's like, "Yo, why should we keep fucking praying to these people? They haven't gave us anything." So they kicked him out of the village, and so it's him and his daughter. So he's wandering through the desert, like, like you know, like basically saying like, like he's praying for the gods to help, mm. and there's no fucking gods there. And then his daughter dies of that was it. Yeah, yeah his daughter's this. dies, mm-hmm. and while he's in the desert, about to die, these two. Uh, deities like fall down from the sky I, it was either one or two it was like a yeah. god it was like a god like two gods like fighting like one of them's like evil one of them's good fall out of the sky and uh the there's like a sword that fell out of one of the guy's hands and it was uh, all black the necromancer which is like one of the most powerful swords in creation right and it's like literally created out of darkness like it's fucking crazy and the god goes give me like give me the sword like whatever like you know like and then like kill the bad guy or whatever, like kill him. He's like, help me. He's like, help me. And then Gore the God Butcher was like, when did you ever fucking help me? And then he kills the God with the all black necromancer sword, just murks him. And then he decides all gods must die. So he goes, he ends up using the sword and some other things and starts traveling yes. through time uh-huh. and killing every God. <laughs> every fucking god he's going through and just murking everybody yes I, I, that was that was and and that he's character terrifying. and that character his story could have been told a lot uh, well, a, a dude lot if you better. see the comic version of what gore looked like he yeah. was terrifying and then you had christian bale with like white makeup on <laughs> it shit looks so bad it did and at no point in that film and what makes was, what makes anyone think that guy has a sense of humor? That character has a sense of humor. He yeah. doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and no, that character is literally hates all the gods. None of them came for him. They laughed and mocked him as his whole people were dying, and his daughter dies. So he's like, you know, what? I'm going to kill all the gods. There should be no gods determining the will of whether people should live or die. Mm-hmm. No one should determine that. So I'm going to kill every fucking god. In the comics, because. He was traveling through time. The way they Thor finally defeated him, it took Thor, old God King Thor, yep, and uh, Beta Ray Bill, three Thors, to yep. fucking take him down. Yeah, and in this movie, no point ever, right? Do you feel like Thor is in any danger? And he should have been in danger. The moment that dude, this guy, he's fucking the cracking. moment that this guy declared war yeah, against he's, the gods. He's cracking jokes. He's being funny. Yeah. In no point do you feel like his life's in danger at all. And and listen, and Thor's the character in his defense. There was a level of being a Norse thunder god where you felt like you could beat the world. But when danger is real and when it's in your face, we should have been able to see that. And I agree with you on that. Yeah. And there's something else you I want to feel it. Yes. Like when Thanos was coming, that was a build of several movies. And you just felt this you like saw him walk through a portal. You thought everyone was in trouble, dude. Yeah, like there goes, the goes the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, and then you finally see him in Infinity War in the first like couple mm. minutes, 
And yeah. you're like, okay, because like before, all you've ever seen him is like he's in a chair, like uh-huh. he's not really talking, whatever. Has a few kind of dialogue, right. wordplay, and people just keep you just keep hearing the name Thanos, yeah. Thanos, Thanos. He's coming, he's coming, yeah. and you're like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, who? And then he shows up, mm-hmm. and just with his ship decimated the the people of Ragnarok. Yeah, I mean, not people of Ragnarok, people of uh, Asgard. Yeah. Asgard. So yeah. decimates the Asgardian ship, and. Also, before Kills that, he, he got the first... If people... Like, they don't tell the story of how he got the first stone. Yeah. Like Xandor, right? He had to he pre- he had to eliminate that whole planet to get the power stone. So even before that, there was a story that was not told by Marvel. Maybe maybe they'll go back and do a retrospective thing. But he already had a stone, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's like, um, dread it, run from it. Um, destiny uh, comes all the same. And now it's here, or should I say I am? And he showed his fist. He already had one stone. Yeah, and when he eliminated Xandar, but you're right because his character was becoming more scary and scary as he got another stone on another yeah. stone, all the way to the end when he walked into Wakanda through a porthole. When he walked through that porthole, I just went, "Oh, jeez, man!" You know, they just fought like this huge battle, and now you got, <laughs> yeah, man. There goes, like I said, there goes the neighborhood. But yeah. get him finishing what we said about Thor. It's no surprise that a director who already decided. He knows what's good for the people mm-hmm. uh, to be unable to do a character story on someone that says you're wrong. You don't know what's good for the people. Well, how, said how, no, but how can someone who already dictates, I'll tell you what the people like or not. How, how can you expect that guy to do a story arc on a character that goes against his personal philosophy? If the guy can't keep personal and professional separate. Dude, he, he's just so arrogant. Yeah, he, he had was, a job to do. He, well, he, he didn't, didn't do his job. He, he could have been yeah. arrogant and, and put that on the shelf and did his job. And it would have been an okay movie. Not great, yeah. but okay. And there was like no comic precedent for like a lot of the stuff he did. Like he just like decided to to, to direct it that way yeah. and like to choose the storyline yeah. and like everything. And then like at the very end mm-hmm. where Thor <laughs> empowers all the fucking little kids with Thor power. He can just give anyone Thor. Why didn't he give all the Avengers Thor power when they were Could fighting Thanos? Yes. You know? That would have been nice. Yeah. Stick him in the chest with six freaking um, uh, Stormbreakers. Yes. Yeah. And another thing that's stupid is to reach the immortal fucking end of the world, whatever deity that is, uh, time or whatever right. they okay. reached. Yeah. To reach him, all you needed was a, the fucking Rainbow Bridge? That's all you needed? Man. Thor can summon that with his hammer and the all bi- you had the to, Bifrost, yeah, yeah. All you had to do to get the fucking door open to these to Eternal was the Bifrost, which Thor has, and you can make any wish in the world. Come on. He couldn't have just pulled up and been like, yo, I wish that uh Thanos didn't win. Cool. Fucking sure. <laughs> <Bye>. dope. <laughs> Not so my finger, dude. and the reason why it was such an outlier because until then, uh, the direction and the story arcs and the creation was uh, was absolutely, dude, it was so good. Um, I grew up in X Men then. Oh, me too. And, oh, in this studio, one one floor below the studio right now, mm-hmm. in 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 a Harry Potter closet. Um, I have 11 years worth of X-Men from 1983 from, to 1994. Every single issue for 11 what? years. I was an dope. X-Head because, um, well, I can get into the why in a minute, but I, I was an amazing. X-Men fan until I saw what the directors and producers did with Marvel, uh, with um, the Avengers. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, 
I find myself watching the X, uh, the Avengers repeated amount of times instead of the X Men shows. Mm-hmm. Like Dark Phoenix was, could have been just as bad as as Love and Thunder, right? I mean, you get this chick from, from Game of Thrones, uh, oh, right? Yeah. The red haired girl because yeah. I guess it's her turn. Uh, um, and oh, with the new X Men. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah, character yeah. can ruin it, ruin it for everybody else who put so much hard work in. And I'm not saying she worked hard. I just think they saw red hair. They saw she's already an actress, Jean mm-hmm. Grey, and that was very that was a very late. Uh, uh, typecast yeah. uh, for the casting director. Yeah. You know, that ruined the whole new X Men series for a whole bunch of people that could have been. Like the new Storm, I could have went with that one. The girl yeah. who's playing Storm, I, I can't dope. remember. Yeah. The, the guy who played Cyclops, I could have went with that. Yeah. yeah. And Hugh Jackman, maybe there is no replacement for Wolverine. There's maybe no maybe not ever. But the cool it. thing is because Wolverine. His healing factor, it's impossible to guess his age. You could use Hugh Jackman until he dies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, that character's never miscast. Yeah. But. Avengers was so good, I found myself paying more attention and reading back issues of Avengers and Amazing Spider-Man and yeah. Thor when I grew up a total exit. But getting back to what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, well, just real quick on yeah, that. Like, uh, like Hop and I have been talking about this. Like, we talked about this, like, recently, like, or we talk about it quite a bit, where mm. movies nowadays, especially, like, Marvel, they're getting to a point where they're, like, all these movies, like, they're bringing on actors who are already famous, like really famous. Like they just brought on like Harry Styles to the MCU and they brought on, um, fuck what's his name? But they're, they're bringing on people who are like really big actors. So like the same thing with like X-Men with the Phoenix, they brought on someone who's already famous. They didn't have to do that either. Yeah. But if you look at the Avengers, none of those people were famous before the Marvel movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Like Robert Downey Jr. had a really successful career and then he got into drug addiction and did a lot of terrible stuff and he was literally back down to fucking nobody. And then they did Iron Man. Then he did because he was on his road back up, did Iron Man. Chris Hemsworth wasn't big. Chris Evans was barely big. Like, because this is all in the like early mid 2000s where none of these actors were big actors. Evans probably would have been, as far as momentum was concerned, he was already doing Fantastic Four. Right, and he so he yeah, got to play two Marvel characters. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, handsome and, dude, handsome dude. What do you want? Yeah, and then you got the whole like Deadpool, Green Lantern thing. You know, yeah. but you're that. right. But but you have all these people who weren't big actors, but because of the MCU, they're now the biggest actors in the fucking world. Yeah, and sometimes you just have but to. They survive. took them from the bottom and brought them up. It's like do that with other actors. But sometimes you have to survive the big actors too. Like in the X Men series, I followed it avidly and I watched all of those movies multiple times. Yeah. And I thought the most the the person that was the most miscast was Halle Berry. Halle Berry worked her behind off because she put in respect because she know kids read Mm X-Men and she's like wait this is a iconic character she's like wait I know what Christopher Reeves did for Superman I know what Michael Keaton did for Batman there's so many Batman and we're still talking Mm -hmm. about Keaton I know you know what this person did for that so I'm not saying she didn't work hard and I'm not saying she's one of the best she's not one of the best actresses the most attractive women on the planet but they could have went Angela Bassett Easily to so storm at that time because that's a little biased because I loved Halle yeah. Berry. I do too. <laughs> no, as, but no, as storm, no, but going in, I that's Go, how going I felt. into oh, going, going into, out, yeah. going out. I the worst thing I could say about Halle Berry is she, she did the best she could, she did the best of her ability. If that's the worst thing you could say, that's pretty good because she's a good actress. And the, with that being said, I'm not saying the worst thing, the best mm-hmm. thing I'm saying was that worked out. 
Yeah. But, but with that being said, if you looked at the rest of the cast, Hugh Jackman, more known on the stage at the time mm -hmm. than, than um, the film, than film, right? Mm -hmm. um, the girl that played Jean Grey, um, didn't really know her that well. Didn't uh, Magneto. Yeah. Magneto, like, if you're doing comic book stars, you can go big star. Yeah. For bad guys. Mm -hmm. For bad guys. Like Superman Gene Hackman was a very popular actor back then. He played Lex Luthor. Batman, Jack Nicholson. So popular, he was the lead on, on the billing before mm -hmm. Keaton was. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's name came up first. So when you watch these superhero movies, you know the, um, you could get away with going star power with the bad guy. Mm -hmm. because that's the most intriguing character in some yeah. ways. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was so... Thanos, right? Josh Brolin. Yeah, that's why I was so worried about when they were going to reset the X-Men, when they had yeah, Ian McKellen as Magneto. Right. And it's like, there's no way you could have anyone else play it. And or then, Professor X, for that matter, but right? Then, yeah, but then they got Michael Fassbender, and he fucking he destroyed murdered it, it dude. Now, I know, now I'm like... Savage! I'm like, I don't want anyone else ever playing magneto now like he needs to carry that until he's old magneto and just oh my god he did such a good job and then even uh um james uh, um mick roy whatever yeah mcavoy yeah mcavoy yeah he killed it too like that cat that now, younger casting was now if i had to pick for professor x's i still go patrick stewart but if i had to well, pick yeah, but patrick if i had stewart. to pick for a magneto's I love me some Ian McKeon, but I gotta go with Fassbender. Dude, Fassbender, gnarly, so gnarly good. fucking Magneto. He's, he's a savage Magneto. He's dude. married to the girl who did uh, the new Tomb Raider movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, she's wow. like, cause I, cause that's another movie where I fucking loved angelina jolie as tomb raider that was like my woman crush yes. as a kid i watched it oh my god she was so badass and a treasure hunter and all this stuff so i was like but is that you I'm what done. you associate her 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 name with angelina jolie yeah yeah okay because i was because no, like, oh, i was younger you know because yeah. like angelina jolie, but mm -hmm. that's what i associated her with was tomb raider because i love those movies so much and she was just so cunning and badass and she was so perfect for that role mm-hmm and then when they're like, "Yeah, we're doing a t new Tomb Raider movie," I'm like, "You can't, you can't, you can't do it. No, you can't replace her." And then, and then the new then girl they picked, sudden, she did such a good job, and I was like, "Okay, I'll fuck uh, this." Yeah, and then I, then you I can found, rock that. And then I was like, "Is she single?" And I like looked it up because I was like, "Damn, is she single?" And then I was like, "Oh, of course, she's married to Michael Fassbender." I'm like, "I'll let nah, that one slide." Man. I was like, "It's Michael Fassbender. He's a legend." What's that girl? What's yeah. her name? I don't know. How'd you like to get murked by Magneto messing with his girl? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Alicia Vikander. That's who she is. Yeah, Vikander. Actually, I think she's someone. How you spell daughter. her name? Because I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna put it up for everyone uh, to see. A L A L I C I A. Oh, okay. A L I C I A. Alicia. Yeah. Uh, v I K. A-N-D-E-E-R. All right, let's take a look. Sweden. Now, now, I didn't see the new Tomb Raider, so I got to check out to see what this girl looks like. Whoa. Nice. You didn't watch the new Tomb Raider? I did not. Dude, she bodied it. She did she a really did. good job. All right, let's do this. Imagine what their kids are going to look like. They're going to have some good-looking kids. All right. It's, for some reason. There it is. I'm like, what's wrong with my... There it is. It's my Tomb Raider. Oh, wow. Look at that. Type in a, Freaking. let's see, her is Tomb Raider. Like, she she fit it really well. Oh, type in Tomb Raider. Yeah. Boom, let's do that. I got it. Yeah, she she fit the role. I got it. Here really it is. Here well. it is. It's like a totally different style. Um, yo. Of Tomb Raider. That's badass. 
Yes. Look at that. Yeah. She killed it. Dude, look at that. Kills the bad guy. Saves the guy, the world, for for de for democracy. And the, the thing I love about that movie is you have this you always have this line between like magic, mythology, and like science. Mm -hmm. And it's like you have some movies where like uh like in the first Tomb Raider movie, there was a lot of magic right. that happened. And the thing I love that they wrote in this movie is there's magic, but it was a misplaced word for its time period. So then, because I don't, I'm not trying to ruin it for you. No, of course. So I'm trying to speak around that. No, because I might not even see it, so you yeah. just say it. <laughs> but uh, but they use what was this myth of like, oh, it's just a myth. Don't believe that shit. And then they realize, oh no, it's real, but it's based off this science thing. It's not a. It's not a magic thing, like like okay, I'll, I'll spoil it. Spoilers, guys. Go ahead. If you haven't seen this Three, movie that's been two, out for like one four years, <laughs> bugger off. Um, yeah. So basically, there was this like you know tomb where they were trying to find uh this like uh this ancient tomb of this like weapon. Okay. Right. This like ancient weapon, because this lady would go around and she would like basically she could just touch somebody and they die. And it was like they, they claimed that she had some kind of powerful weapon or whatever. And so uh, Alicia Vikander, like Lara Croft's dad, died or like, went missing in the search for this. And so they're on this island. So she eventually ends up making it to the island because she's looking for her dad this whole time. Finds her dad, finds the guy who like uh, tried to kill him because they were partners trying to find this. And then he's like, no, we can't open this tomb. Because we're going to release some evil into the world. Because her dad's like, no, like, this is fucking crazy. Like, don't do it. And then she's even like, dude, there's no such thing as magic. There's no this, whatever. Like, it's fine if we just open the tomb. Let's just show them. So they go to open the tomb. And one of the guys, like, goes and... Uh, so they finally get down to the bottom of the tomb. There's all these guys. And they're like, okay, grab her bones or whatever. And, like, let's go. Like, let's figure it out. So the guy, like, touches her bones. And then he starts just fucking deteriorating in his whole body. And he, like, dies. Like, his whole, all of his skin, like, eats itself and it's he like dies. like the power stone, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, what the fuck? And then they realize that this lady was a carrier for a crazy disease. She was a carrier, but she was uh, immune. Yeah. So she was going around. So and so she, she would, Like a host. Yeah. So she yeah. would touch people and they would fucking just get instantly, like, deteriorate and die from this disease so mm -hmm. this mythology if she could touch people and they die and she had all this power and she was a witchcraft or whatever all this shit is based on truth like yes she could do all that stuff but it was because she was a carrier to a disease wow. and so it was just like this so the writing was just really good because they didn't touch what year did it come out oh uh, let's see it's a couple of years ago i'm hoping they have a new one soon yeah she, dude she was um that was badass. The picture, yeah, twenty. Was, it was 2018. like his like lean muscle, strong jaw, and a bow. <laughs> That's all you need all right. in life. <laughs> Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Is there gonna be? An, there better be another yeah. one. I'm gonna be pissed. So let me ask you something. There are certain actors. Yes. It's gonna be. Oh wait. As of right now, There's actually nobody. What it look like? I should be plugging your computer. I should be plugging this. I should be plugging camera four into your thing. You're doing all the work for me right now. What? What, what, what? They said they're no longer doing a second one. Are you fucking kidding? Dude. 
They just, Why do they keep fucking up my movies? They just did. They just did you in Dove. They did you in Dove. <laughs> How are they gonna do a movie that good? I'm so glad you showing the camera what your hat looks like. You got a Jurassic hat. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I told you, you I love Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, got a the, T-Rex. Look at this. I also got a uh, fucking X-Men. You do? Yeah, oh. on the side. Oh, my man. Dude, my man. 11, 11 Custom years. Custom hat. <laughs> it was the best time period for the X-Titles, yeah. too. Storm, yeah, we, we, I, it's funny we talked about Jurassic Park but, and X-Men. I but, forgot they were on man, my hat. what a great time, though. Storm, Storm's relationship with Forge at the time. There was a guy named Forge. Oh, dude. I'm Kitty Pride and Colossus. And oh, yeah. And then Gambit with what Rogue and Psylocke and back mm-hmm. to Rogue. It was just mm-hmm. some... I mean, it was... Yeah, dude, Remy LeBeau is like one of the most underrated... Characters, characters, yeah. Period. He's dope. I hope they do something for, uh, for him. I hope. I hope this redhead didn't ruin it for all the X titles. I loved his yeah. little. Uh, or the casting director didn't ruin yeah. it for all the X titles. I loved his little uh, mm-hmm. fight with uh, Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. with Logan. Yeah. In like that. Uh, was it like the back alley scene yes. where they're fighting with the dude who could teleport? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. No, not Nightcrawler. It was no, the, the other one. Yeah, um, yeah. What's his name? Fuck, yeah, I right. Remember. Was he part of the Hellfire Club? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, Red Dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bamf. 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 Remember, remember that was mm-hmm. the, the words written? Bamf. Yeah. Bamf. <laughs> the teleport was Bamf. Bamf. So let me ask you something. There are certain actors, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're looking to play a certain character um, that makes people associate their face with that character forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Reeves. Shakespeare trained actor probably did I'm sure at some point did Macbeth Hamlet and did all all, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff like that did Superman that's the one thing that I remember his face by Hugh Jackman I mean he's been in a ton of you know Phantom you know whatever and a ton of romantic comedies and, mm-hmm. and he's a very capable actor and, and still still quite a, quite the hunk we only remember him as Wolverine oh right yeah, yeah. I mean so I'm okay I, if I only ever remember him. <laughs> no, but the, here's the cool thing. How many actors play a part like that and still survive and, and their career still survives? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah, you don't need to wear it. I, I told you. I told I you know, but I had to wear it. It's boiling in here, boy. <laughs> but um all right, so Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember anything he's been in. Christopher um, Reeves? Yeah, Superman. He oh, wound yeah. up crippled and paralyzed and from the neck down. Yeah, I, so, know, I know. Superman. Well, that's what that song. Uh, Superman got crippled. Yeah. That's doing the song that was written about him. Yeah. Um, uh, fuck. How's, I'm trying to think of how it goes. Like, um, oh yeah, I'm more than a bird, more that's than it. a plane, more than some pretty face out of chain. It's not easy. That song's about Christopher Reeves. Wow. It's not about that. Superman, but because it's, it's talking about like I'm more than this and more than that. Yes. It was like it was like when he was dying of, of cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, that song's written about not him being Superman, but him being Christopher Reeves, like saying he's more than just Superman. And like dude, so if you listen to that song, like keeping that in mind that it's about Christopher Reeves, it's a beautiful song. I think I'm. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have I to think I take a to listen to it. To listen to that. To yeah, you should. It's because because yeah. then all the all the lyrics change now because you're uh-huh. like you know now it's about Christopher Reeves. Oh, dude, that song is so good. But I I think the point the the broader point I was trying to make in Christopher Reeves is actually the standard bearer for this um, subject matter. Mm-hmm. There are very few actors that do something like that and they still their career arc 
uh, is still steady or going up. Mm-hmm. Right, Jackman, he did Phantom. And he's an example of a guy. Oh, I, you know what? Cool. I did a character everyone's going to remember for the rest of their life and survived and still, ha- and still, you know, and still went on to do other things. You know, like Christopher Reeves is pretty much done after that yeah. as far as star power. Michael Keaton, you know, he's done some, he's done the paper and he's, he's done really good bad guy roles. Um, and I think he was nominated for best actor for some. Yeah. Well, some Mike, movie, Michael Keaton of- is just known now as just yeah. overall being a, a, you know, fabulous, fabulous actor you know yeah, of course Halle Berry of course she she survived Storm I mean because because I think she had she had star power before Storm so that's different yeah Halle Berry I mean I'm, I remember even the B movies like Strictly Business with, with she was Tom Davidson. she was a uh, Catwoman yes too remember yes. that shit <laughs> she was also in um Jungle Fever she was um Sam Jackson was a crack addict and he was a crack addict's girlfriend it was her first role mm. She's screaming, eat me, eat me. You know, she's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't um, she? She, she was she's in Daredevil in, too, right? Uh, did, did she play Catwoman in Daredevil? With uh, Do remember. you remember Daredevil with Ben Affleck? I do. But I don't yeah. remember. I mean, that was forgettable character. Sorry. <laughs> I know. As is his Batman. Sorry. Hi, Batman. I, I liked the old Daredevil though. It's just, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie Cox, Daredevil right now is like, amazing that's, that's why people love about. him see i typed in this shit and i get a bunch of photos of charlie cox <laughs> who is the female in that yeah we um, got to check that out karen page oh is electra and it was jennifer garner <laughs> yeah she played electra in that wow i totally forgot about that oh my god dude you know it's crazy. I got I gotta rewatch this. Like you always think of like West Virginia is like a fat girl state, but like all the hottest actresses came from West are from West Virginia. Is that where she's from? Yeah. yeah. Jennifer Garner. Yep. She's in West um, Virginia. Electra. Yeah, two thousand five. I got a hottie oh, for a, yeah, I got a dude. hottie for a wife who's from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Look at this shit. Let me see. She was so fire in that. Oh my god. Let me put it up for everybody. We we got an audience. We we have an audience we owe this to. So I'm gonna just put in Jennifer Garner, Electra. Fire. Nice. Let's go images. All right, people, you waited. You waited. So now we're gonna show you. Oh, oh, good, good lord! <laughs> wow. Oof, man. This Dude, is, I think, this isn't even like woman territory. This is like goddess. This is like something less than a god, but more than a woman. Dude, you know? if you want to see, like, probably like Yo. one of the hottest scenes of all time ever, from played by an actress. Have you seen From Dust Till Dawn with yes. George Clooney? Yes. Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek and Dust Till Dawn. Dust Till Dawn. Pull up the image right now. Oh my God! Pull it up. Do that. Yes, Salma Hayek. The craziest scene of it, where she comes out with the the python. On her shoulders, yeah. Salma Hayek, she was yeah. Pipement from Dust, and she's still hot. And she's like, she how old is she now? And she's still in a. She was just in that uh, movie with uh, Samuel Jackson, where he played Kincaid, um, uh, bodyguard's wife, or something like that. Okay. The bodyguard. Dust till dawn. And uh, who was who else is in that? I don't know, but Chris Pine, Chris Pratt. I actually Chris, liked her. One of the Chris's. As far as like attractive, uh, um, Salma Hayek is yeah. concerned, I liked her in. 
uh, Desperado with D'Antonio Banderas. But here we go. Yeah, pull up. Oh, see, boy, we're gonna get, we getting, we gonna get in trouble for this. Look at this. Just the craziest wow. scene. She came out with the like snake on her. Yes, <laughs> I remember Dust Till she Dawn, and everybody. Wild, for everyone who's never seen Dust Till Dawn, it just seemed like a normal place. They go into a party. Everyone's having a good time, and then when the clock strikes midnight, right, everyone's a vampire. And, yeah. and, and like, yeah. and they're like, wait a second. There's only like six regular people in here, and and we're we're dinner. We're like a feast for these people. Yeah. We gotta get the hell and out of here. She's so hot, dude. She's fifty six. Yeah. That's fifty six. I know. She's fifty, and she's still hot. Yes, she that's insane. She Born in sixty six. When did Dusta Dawn come out? Ninety six. Hold on, wait. How you said fifty six or sixty six? She's fifty six right okay. now. But she was born in sixty six. Okay. Dust to Dawn came out in ninety six, so she was thirty in that film. Okay, but still not hot she's, now. Like in the movie with Sam Jackson, right? Yeah. She's still hot. <laughs> like it's stupid. This is her fifty six, dude. Oh my god. That's awesome. There's no way. Hold on, go back to it. Yeah. I'm gonna just put this on camera. Check it out. Let's do that. I wanna see that. Summer height. That's her fifty six. Fifty six years Stupid. old. Stupid. That's crazy. So you so again, very interesting conversation about like certain actors who have just survived their success. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's the one thing you're looking for your whole career. I wanna play this role that people will that will last long after all of us are dead. And then when you get what you want. You gotta want what you get because yeah. is it all like from music? Because music's you more more your wheelhouse, even though we dabble in other things. Speaking in your wheelhouse, turning back the clock when the Eagles did the album Hotel California, mm. they're like we're in deep shit. Yeah, we're in deep trouble. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's one of the best albums ever, and they're just like. How do we beat that? <laughs> there was almost an uh, um, because it was such a a, a highly aware, like mm-hmm. so, a socially aware group of people, yeah. and what people thought and this and that, and, and they had a good pulse on on that. They knew they were, they knew that was it. the beginning. They knew that was the beginning of the end. But see, then people in like my generation, mm-hmm. like I grew up listening to the Eagles all the time because my dad was a huge Eagles fan. Yeah, so I grew up listening to their music all the time. And I just know them for making good music Mm -hmm. because I wasn't there for their rise and fall. I know. I was just there growing up like, wow, their music's amazing. That's all I know. But that's what I was talking about. The album that made that, 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 that lasts long long after their name, you know? And that's what, that's what us, that's what we artists, I'm not a, we, I know we know more. I'm a volleyball coach, but that's what you artists really want. You strive for that. And if, or when you get what you want, you gotta want what you got. You gotta get. Yeah. Ta- you gotta take what comes with it after that. Or maybe you just hit that part and you might drop it and move on to the next evolution. <laughs> you yeah. know whether it's still within your wheelhouse or not within your wheelhouse. But as far as favorite Eagle songs go, I go "Wasted Time." Mm. And you've heard me sing it too. I have heard, you've heard you sing. me sing. Yeah, Wasted I have time. heard you sing it. Um, Desperado. It's a lot take of people's favorite. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. Oh my god. Oh, dude, that song just puts me in like a. Just a chill mood, like like driving down the road, like the highway. Yes, because uh, there was a whenever I used to drive to college, it was just like awful. Because like Washington's a lot of mountains, but there's a drive like the east side of Washington. There's a, it's like there's a lot of really flat lands. 
So I would just be on this highway, like this endless highway. It's like straight the whole way. And it was just like no mountains, just like one highway. And I would just play the Eagles. I'd play uh, uh, like ACDC. I'd play and just all this music where I'm just like vibing. Like uh, Jim Croce. Love Jim Croce. Yeah. Well, Fleetwood Mac was a lot of one of my favorite road songs. Like Stevie Nicks. Oh, and my yeah. Crew. Stevie um, Nicks, great. Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you Can Never Break the Chain. Uh, listen to the can wind blow. Yes, yes, and you don't know, love me now. You might never, never love, love me again. Wow. And I still you actually, you had the right octave. <laughs> See what I mean? This is why you better. You had it right the first time. <laughs> um, Gold Dust Woman, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Did she make you cry? Make you break down? Shatter your illusions of love. Is it over That's now? Crazy. Do you know how? Pick up the pieces and go home. I th- I think that I think I want to be a big enough artist where everyone knows my songs, but then like later down the road they're like, "Yo, dive! That was this song and this song. Like he did this song, he did this song." Yeah. And like uh, I know I know a lot of people like Drake has a lot of haters, but if you go through like Drake's hits and his albums, mm-hmm. he's got fucking like hundreds of songs. That they're all really good songs and nostalgic songs. You like grew up listening to, or I grew up listening to them, mm-hmm. and like I go through so many of his albums, and I'm like, "There's no way this dude made this many hits." I don't know what the term for music for shape shifting is, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can be transcendent, meaning that it goes be that people listen to the music beyond your genre, like yeah. if you could be transcendent and at the same time chronologically. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be redundant. Chronologically sustainable. Yeah. Um, Drake is that guy. Drake's that. Drake is that guy. Madonna was that person. She went from mm-hmm. like a virgin to lies la bonita to like a prayer to um, justify my love. She trends when the '80s changed. When '80s pop changed, mm-hmm. she changed. And when '90s pop changed, she changed. That's like two de- two and a half decades of yeah. of you know. Well, then then you have someone like Taylor Swift who starts off as like a this like broken hearted country singer. Yeah. And now she's making this like huge pop records yeah. and doing you know, really well. When I want to feel good about myself, I take a Taylor Swift record and I play it backwards. <laughs> play it backwards i get all my i get my job back i get my lover i get my car back my dog my dog's alive you just take that take that record and you play it backwards basically any country music song yeah yeah Yeah. let's talk about i wanted to save enough time to talk about certain beats that you like to get your freestyle on Mm -hmm. one of my favorite beats and i'm and i'm citing i'm just saying this right i ain't no freestyle this is something i do on my own when there's not a person within 100 yards of listening to me Mm because i ain't trying to sound like no fool but i could sound like plenty of fool by myself with nobody listening i like shook ones mob deep mob deep you know um and if i'm not mistaken i think I, i i mean i ain't trying to make everything about eminem but i think that was um the song he did at the end for eight mile right the freestyle yeah, it was. Everybody yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 313. Yeah. So I like that one. His real um, name was Clarence. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Clarence lived home with his parents. Yeah. <laughs> Someone did a video for uh, Ja, Ja Morant like that. Oh, they, really? They changed ja the Morant. words. They changed the words. I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook instead of his school. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, a yeah. private school. And then yeah. they showed a picture of him living, living with his parents in a perfectly great marriage. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy didn't want to battle. He shook because they know such things as... Everyone in the crowd yells, yeah. Crux, 
weeks. Yeah. Because the time setting that uh, that was 1995 and half and um shook ones. Yeah, that's was, the year I was born. Shook ones was a, that was that was the jam back then. Yeah. You know. Mob D, yeah, Mob D was yeah. like they had the craziest beats. Almost all, yeah. Like yeah. Um, I don't did, they survival they of the fittest. Did they didn't produce their beats? Did they? No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Most most groups back then until '95 had, had, had a DJ that. Yeah, they had a uh, DJ. actually their own DJ that was like yeah. KRS One. Yeah, he had Scott Larock. Well, they who, Scott Larock died. Yeah, but then yeah. Kenny Parker, uh, from the Bronx, uh, was yeah. He's like Kenny. Like what, that's yeah. what Dre did. You know, he'd be there like mixing and but doing you can, everything live. And, and the reason why stealing beats is okay because you can only do so many before <laughs> it doesn't start. Eventually, it's, eventually you're gonna you're gonna have something in your score that's gonna sound like everybody else's. Eventually, yeah. You know, especially and, when you're in subgenres and yeah, like you're doing the same subgenre genre as someone. It's like, like in the '80s, you could come up with new beats because it was easier. Yeah, like Kenny Parker. I remember Boogie Down Productions. Karis is one of my favorite rap artists of mm -hmm. all time, and he's in between songs. Like, yo, Kenny, where'd you get that beat from? He's like, you know, I made it up. <laughs> you know, I just made this up right now, and and that was believable. But yeah, but there's nothing. And I hate to. I know we come full circle in this conversation. There's nothing better in the world than taking a beat and looping it. Like, um, Karis had this song called "Step Into a World," where it's Blondie. Mm -hmm. uh, remember the song Blondie yeah, Rapture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step onto a world mm -hmm. where there's no one there but the very yeah. best. Didn't uh, no MC contest. Didn't uh, yes, yes, yo. Kanye also remixed that at one point. Yes, yeah. <sighs> Jesus Walks is a great original, though. Oh. Did you ever see the video where he played that for yes. his his uh, uh for the label that he was producing for, and he walked out of the room and the, someone still had a camera going and they all started laughing. Yes, they're like, "Yo, this is gonna be so trash, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking triple platinum, yes. <laughs> like blew up. Was the video on a plane? Because they had another video. He was doing it on a plane. And like oh, Jesus, so many other artists, well, were, he, he went were flying first class. And so many of the artists are like, do, do, do. and then there were women like, hum, hum, oh no, 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 no. What that was Ooh, what was, was that? Uh, he was um, he was going to do a show, and he flew his uh, he flew his whole choir out, uh -huh. and then they were practicing rehearsing it on the plane. So that was his whole choir that he brought, and that wow. might have been that might have been for because uh, that was that was more recently. And that might have been when he first started doing his uh, Sunday service, like five, six years ago or something like that. Yep. Yeah. I think that. I think that's what the first video was. It was like he 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 was flying the choir out to what like Ohio or wherever he's got that, mm -hmm. that like a farm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's <laughs> Jesus. There's always a farm. <laughs> yeah. There's always, there's a, always farm. a Neverland ranch. <laughs> yeah. There's always a ranch. <laughs> Awesome. Kanye, what, what are you doing, bro? We're going to talk about him in a minute, but yeah. I'll give you another example. Um, musical score, right? Mm -hmm. um, you ever heard of Five Rule of the World by Nas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. the beat, that's from the song Friends, Houdini, 1983. And if I rule the world was from a different, a completely different artist. But that's what I'm saying. So, All beats were so like the chorus from a, one artist, the beat from Houdini yeah. and Nas. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of artists who like. Uh, oh, um, 
fuck, what's his name? The dude who just recently died. Um, Shaggy. Yeah. His Shaggy died. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he? Just... No, no. Stop that. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> yeah, he died. I can't believe that. Yeah, by uh. How did Shaggy by, go? Killed out? by a celebrity death hoax. Oh, okay. I'm not dead. Okay. Shaggy's not dead. He's not dead. Thank God. But yeah, that okay. You get that Simon Simon Cowell. We're getting the same thing. Simon Cowell passed away. Celebrities hoax and Jackie Chan. Pretty much well, every chance you get. Who was it? Maybe it wasn't Shaggy. Who am I thinking of? Um, who did the, um. Fuck. Um, you know the DMX. Sassy and a bedroom. It wasn't who. who did oh, it? that's that's Shaggy. That is Shaggy. Yeah, it wasn't me. I hope they paying him residuals for that commercial. Yeah, I hope Shag. I hope Shaggy's a millionaire from that commercial. They have. Um, it wasn't me. I think it's a credit card commercial. Uh huh. Like, like you charge us to your card. It wasn't me. And you ain't, ain't got to pay for it. Okay. Ew. Um, it wasn't me. See the. Now Shaggy, educated my audience while while MC Dove here is doomed. He's he's teching my show for me. <laughs> now Shaggy was <sighs> for some of you guys that appreciated Shaggy. dancehall reggae. Shaggy did big up, so you could big up, big up. Ah, that old man say me big up, big mm -hmm. up. Um, so many. So he's been he's been around for a minute. Like big up came yeah. out in ninety or ninety one. So Shaggy, that's you know, I have no idea how old he is, but. He was getting it in back then, and then this is a song. It wasn't me. It, okay, it wasn't. It's a song similar to like it wasn't me. It's like it's like that kind of caliber of artist and style. And I'm trying to think, but I remember like the whole hook yeah. is someone else's song, and even like the beat is someone else's song. And I'm trying to remember who it was. It's gonna bug the shit out of me. I'm gonna think of it like a couple hours later. I'm gonna text you. And <laughs> be like, yo, this is the song. Alright, let's go to um why yeah, are we thinking about on. that? Let's, let's go on. to Ye. Okay. Is Ye misunderstood? Rhetorical question almost. I would say severely misunderstood. I feel like he was misunderstood. In the last like year or two, he's he's just fully snapped. Yeah. I mean, yeah. did you see that interview with him? About the Nazi thing? about like Hitler's cool like uh, like uh, not that no. one but the one where he's like bringing out puppets and like imitating voices yeah. and no dude <laughs> i think in that moment i was like i think no. something snapped cuz i still love kanye's music like i still love kanye like he was a huge influence on my music and life of pablo i will fight that that's my fa that's my favorite album that he's ever done Life of Pablo. <laughs> look, did the you, thing did that you popped up. No, look, okay. it's an interview with Alex Jones. We ain't showing that. Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> the one, dude. No, no, no. In that interview, Alex Jones is the chill one. Alex Jones is the voice of Sandy. Yes, he's like, yo, well, look, look, we all watch. Look, we clip. all denounce Nazis, right? Where I mean, basically we, we got to say that up front. And he's like, no, but Nazis, they had good ideas. And Alex Jones is like, well, all right, count me out. You know, <laughs> I actually do a good Alex Jones, by the way. Kanye uh, puppets. Mm. 
Yeah, dude, we ain't we ain't playing that. <laughs> We're gonna look at it later, but um, no, this, we, we could give a summation. It's just like a Let's one give a minute summation clip. To, um, yeah, I got a one minute clip here. Kanye's verse on the puppet. It's a one minute forty six thing right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do just just do the put just click the puppet. <laughs> All right, let me click. Let me click on. Let me t- let me click. You can the, even turn off. Let me click the sound off, and we can watch. We can watch that on that screen. Okay. Because I ain't trying. I don't want to get flagged for none of this. No, don't get flagged for it. All right, is there sound? There it is. Dude, wait too long. Oh, this is the lyrics to this. What? See the see screen four? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me go ahead for a sec. Oh, we're actually looking for a picture. Oh no, this is the verses to the puppet. I think I, I think I got uh, on Twitter. Someone sent it to me. What happened to Kanye West? So what did he do? He had puppets in his hand or something. Bro. I'm gonna just let me find this shit real quick. Now I like like a lot of people don't like Alex Jones because they think like some of the things he says is harmful. Mm-hmm. I like Alex Jones because I don't take him seriously. If you can see someone like that and accept it as, as satire, right? Yeah. Like the dude is so outrageous, and like no human beings like that that you have to laugh. Then um, you could take it as entertainment value, but um, I'm not find this shit. I mean, I'm not getting like life advice from Alex Jones. I think I think the reason why people think Alex Jones is hurting people because they think there's enough people out there that are dumb enough to get life advice, social and medical advice from Alex Jones. You're stupid. You know? You shouldn't even take medical advice from Bill Gates. You know? So yeah, I mean yeah, right that that dude's okay because he's likable. So dude, you shouldn't even get medical advice from the people who are running uh the health <laughs> right? department. Because dude you look at them, they're all overweight. And not in like healthy, and they're gonna give me health advice of what I should be eating and how I should be working out. But do you, you appreciate sh- you why me? medications and vaccines uh, uh, were recommended? Why their argument is strong? Because they generally don't trust the the public that has the general public that has an obesity issue to. You know what I'm saying? Do vitamin D, mm-hmm. live a healthy lifestyle, and do all of those things. So, so uh, there is an argument to be made for it because of the general mistrust of people to be able to take care of themselves. Yeah. You know, and and it does suck. You're right. You don't want. I don't want diet advice from an overweight heifer. Yeah. Right? I don't want um, a hair gel advice from Joe Rogan. Right. Look, if it comes up in a conversation uh, and, yeah, he, and he's like, talking about a friend. I mean, if he's saying like what not to do, it's yeah. like, okay, I'll listen yeah. to you. But I do like, no, I do like oh, conversation. I found the video. Please. Tell okay. me, what, what's the name of the video? Because I could keyword it. Well, it's just on Twitter. It's on it Twitter? Kanye lost. Kanye West has lost his fucking mind. <laughs> I'm going to tweet it. To you. Are you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah I'm on Actually, Twitter. I'm just going to text you the link. Te- yeah, text me the link. I could do that. And we could look at the picture on this, but I, but I don't podcast. I watched that shit and I was like, like man, there something happened there. Let's see. Let's put it on. And I know, I know they put him on medication for so long, so it's like. I think it's the medication that did that. I, yeah, it, of course it is. He's been on medication for like decades. Yeah. And like a lot, and they keep putting him on and taking him off. Right, like here that it is. messes with your body chemical. There it is. Let's um. Hey, you can pause the recording. Dude, this is. No. 
<laughs> and those guys are like So Look at Alex <laughs> He's like <laughs> He's like I don't know <laughs> I was tired of picking up the Yahoo uh. and the netting So for now he's just netting I know some people call him BB no, I we seen enough. <laughs> I know. I that, you know what that was like, about. Yeah, um, I know. Netanyahu. Yeah. Well, Netanyahu got reelected. Yeah. And Netanyahu is what you call a hardcore conservative. Yeah. Um, which Kanye is upset because everyone, like big tech, is liberal dominated mm -hmm. here, right? Hollywood is liberal dominated. Yeah. And. Kanye's conservative. And, and they, yeah, and they, no, but they snub anyone who's conservative, but yet in Yahoo, they're okay with. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Zelensky, they're okay with. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, Ukraine got rid of like all of their political parties. They abolished political parties, so you can't run against the guy. So now they're so, being attacked by Russia. Yeah. And I know, and I feel bad that they're getting attacked by Russia, but I also feel bad that the Saudis are, are trying to genocide the uh, Yemen, right? Yeah. And the U.S. is back in that. So. Shit and I think the point I was trying to make was you, people could use Kanye as a scapegoat for a lot of these things, but there are no good guys. And like every story we can tell from this point on, there ain't no good guy in any of these equations. There's no good guy in those equations. They're all, mm -hmm. we're all, at the end of the day, we're all full of it, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? So um, maybe it's more like a let's he who was without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. Every, no, we all, like, they all, they all walking away because ain't nobody, ain't nobody sinless. Yeah, no, I, I know, know, I know he's trying yeah. to get across and like what he's, what he's saying, that. but it's like the delivery and like the way he did it, I'm like, he just sounds like way off the rocker yeah. and like and i love kanye what his but all the stuff he's been doing lately is just like and then did you watch the interview with him and lex friedman yeah i did oh that was heavy. tough to watch dude that was, that was tough to and like lex friedman is such a level-headed like really calm and he's like and he likes to put himself in a position where he doesn't like he tries to view things from other like people's if he was in his shoes how would he react yeah. yeah and so he so that's why he you don't see him like react to stuff because he it's like these are just words coming in he's like trying to figure out what exactly they mean but some of the stuff connie was saying on that it just was so bad i know and like like in lex freeman was like it's like what when when connie was like oh yeah you know like um these people like i don't want to actually say it because i don't want your thing to get flagged of course but like so like we know who we're talking about like this these type of people he's like oh yeah they're the bad people whatever da da like they're doing this and this and lex freeman's like okay, well, let's not call them by that name, call them by individual names because everyone's an individual person. Right. So if there's a problem with the industry, call people out by their name for who they don't call out an entire race of people for doing something that you just happen to have a couple of those people. He's like, if you want to solve the, and then Connie's like, Oh, well, like, how would you do it? How would you do it? And he's like, well, as a, uh, he's like, you're an engineer. You, cause he kept bringing up that Lex is an engineer. He's like, well, as an engineer, I would just build something better. He's like, why don't you build a label that doesn't have people suppressing artists and taking their masters and taking this? Like, and he is in that position. Yeah. Like, dude, you're multi-billionaire. It's not like he has to work with them. No. Yeah. And, but he kept trying to make it a point in, and Lex is like, I get it. They all happen to be of those, of that people. But like, they don't represent an entire people. They don't. Like he's like, just call them out by name, mm -hmm. and get those people who are totally screwing over artists because they are indiv Everyone's an individual. Right. And like, here's here's the thing: if you 
let's say someone has a problem with Israel. Mm-hmm. Israel's not an ethnicity. Israel's not a religion. Israel's a nation. Yeah. And if they have policies that, that are, are consistent with an apartheid state, I think you are exempt from anti-Semitism because you're not talking about, you're not trying to out uh, 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 an ethnicity or a race, which is weird because Judaism is, is in this world is considered both. And they're protected under both. But, yeah. but you can have a problem with Israel and have zero problem with, with Judaism as a religion or, or Jew, Jewish people as a race. Mm-hmm. When Kanye is taking these 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 promoters because i guess the record sales and, and and the music industry like as far as the brass is very jewish dominated right so so if you take the behavior of like you said some people who are exploiting them someone who's stealing from them someone who's just like using them up and throwing them away and saying like all of these like you said you know and that's in that context i'm gonna skip it too because we ain't trying to get flat but if you're taking all of these people and saying they're all doing it as like you said is disingenuous and is, and is unfair and lex friedman and and i'm echoing what you're saying mm-hmm. because i want i wanted to hammer home for our audience friedman is a great suggestion you are in the you're the one of the handful of guys that's in a position to do something about it mm-hmm. don't go on twitter and say i'm about to go defcon 3 on these guys just yeah. say hey guess what these guys there's a handful of guys that are doing this and i got a plan and i have an army yeah because he really did yeah he, he, he still has an army he lost a, a large percent of his army but if he played his cards right well his I arm that army well he could have built a label that i mean what they had good music but like he didn't own that his name was just on it like right. other people ran it but he okay. could as Kanye West created his own label, he could have went yay and still got yeah what he, he he could have prom- he could have like built what he was preaching that he wants to see he could have built that mm-hmm. and then everyone else call him out by name like these are you know people who are mistreating artists and who are taking their money and doing this like don't sign with them do whatever da 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 and then almost like grant them like like amnestied over to his <laughs> label, you know, like take other artists under his wing. I mean, he doesn't have to do anything, but like, if you're going to, if he's going to go on a tirade like that, like you got to do something. You don't just right. start yelling at people online and the bright blaming an entire group of people. And like, that's, that's always been the issue is like people blame groups of people instead of people as individuals. We, and I'm, I was sad about it because sorry, my mic, <clears throat> that's better mm-hmm. we desperately needed someone like Ye who has a voice that couldn't be cancelled to do the right thing on this one Ye yeah. highlighted the problem that's an ongoing problem that's a residual problem all the way trace it all the way back to NWA if you ever saw mm-hmm. straight out of Compton which was based based largely on most most yeah. most, most real events um, Ice Cube that song Ice Cube never got cancelled because he did it right yeah. that song No Vaseline mm-hmm. or Be True to the Game you can't be a and for life crew with a white dude telling you what to do right so um never got canceled horny yeah. the song horny little devil yeah right the, uh, about koreans and uh, and about sexual harassment from a white a certain type of white person and and also koreans following black people you know through the store like they're gonna steal something you know these these were real issues that if you do it right you give the voice to the voiceless because we i don't have one right like if last year if i st- Hypothetically, if I stick up for Joe Rogan and if I if I go on social network and talk about what's what's fair and what's not and Facebook mm-hmm. and Facebook flags me, says I violated community guidelines, who has my back? Does Rogan have my back? No. 
right? Does does Kanye? No. So the the part that disappoints me is that he has a platform that that's not cancelable. And if he did it right, he could have given a voice to people who are willing to follow him because he feels like everyone everyone has each other's back. Mm-hmm. Right? Look at January sixth, right? Look at like the crazy those crazy Republicans that thought the election was still on this yeah. and that. They went there because they thought Trump had their back. Trump didn't have their back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they went to jail. And yeah. and right now a federal judge is handing out jail sentences like like playing cards, like blackjack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hit me. Bam. One another one hit me. Bam. <laughs> one another one hit me. Bam. So the reason why I'm upset at him is because it was a huge teaching moment to show people how to stand up for themselves and, and survive it. Because mm-hmm. in order for us to have a revolution, in order, in order for us to have collective change, speaking only in our wheelhouse, not politics, but like music and this and that, there's no one person, ordinary person that can do it. It would yeah. have to be a collective change from many ordinary people or one megastar savage. Well, I mean, the, the problem that like when Kanye's talking about a whole group of people, right? You're you now have a lot of people who are ignorant to maybe no one's ever met mm-hmm. a Jewish person, right? So now you have like someone who maybe maybe Kanye is a figure to them, and like he he has a lot of people who like look up to him. So now he's saying like, hey, this whole group of people are bad people. And uh, are you familiar with Daryl Davis? I am. So he, black man, musician who infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan, and he convinced a lot of those people to leave the Klan, but he he wrote a whole book about it. And he would talk to these people, and they would say, he'd be like, okay, so like, why? And they're like, oh, black people are like, like physiologically, they are more aggressive based on this part of their brain where they do this, or they're this and that, because they were told that, and they, they were ignorant to it. And he's like, okay. So we're more aggressive. He's, they're like, yeah. He's like, have okay. He's like, can you name one black serial killer? They're all white. <laughs> There's not one black serial killer. He's like, it doesn't make sense. And he, do you, do you see my wheels turning right now? And he, the whole time you're talking, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get him. I might get him with the one. I still can't yeah. come up with the one. And and all he did was come in with an open mind. He didn't hate these people mm-hmm. for hating him based on the color of skin. Like he couldn't. He came in with an open mind. Like you guys are just, you just don't have the knowledge of like the truth. Like, like you're being fed lies. And he came in and convinced a lot of clan members. To no longer be racist and like no longer hate. I know that dude, Daryl Davis. People. Yeah, and he. They have a video of him in a barbecue with the KKK, listening probably. to country music. Yeah, because like you said, he infiltrated and. And then he started convincing people that like no, you're wrong. like your views on mm. it are wrong. So when someone like Kanye talks on a whole group, entire group of people, he's now putting. It's a similar idea where now right. he's putting that idea into people's heads who are ignorant to that group of people. And they're like, oh, well, these people are this. They are greedy. They are this. They are bad people. And you can't do that because right. you had. And that's why like, I like Lex's emphasis on speaking on people as individuals because everyone's an individual. You might sure you might have certain tendencies from like where you grew up and like your cultural background, but that shouldn't determine who you are as a person. So your weight of a person should be measured on your own actions as an individual person and not as an entire group of people, because now everyone's going to be ignorant to a certain group of people, which is which is bad. Like you don't want to like people like you should view people like individually, because like 
you could say the same thing like, oh, every white person who grew up in the South is racist. Right. You're talking about something big, but I want to point out something in the middle of that. This is the reason why you're sociologically and politically homeless. You, um, because if you were not sociologically and politically homeless, I would be able to listen to some of the things you're saying and be like, okay, he's that. Mm-hmm. Okay, he he's far he's moderate right, or he's he's um he's a bleeding heart liberal, or he's kind of mid mid whatever. You are political homeless because the it, those people are types of people where you're not talking about types of people. You're mm-hmm. talking about individual be human human behavior that shows reflections of different types of people. And that is hugely, hugely important, which gets to my, my broader point, um, mm-hmm. what we were talking about. Empathy and the power of forgiveness and understanding of people. The question I was going to shape, because that was part of one of our subjects, that you naturally and organically just mm-hmm. uh, drove, drove us the right <laughs> direction, because I could drive us off the cliff. The power of forgiveness and empathy. The, the question was, can we come back? And you said, we, it, um, and I think you're answering that. I'm not talking about a category of people that are so far gone that if you're KKK and you see a black person, all you see is red and and that's all you can see. Some of those people, it's really, really hard for them to come back. And I'm not talking about that kind of person. I'm talking about people who believe they're right based on the information that they're armed with. Mm-hmm. And this is why we have to forgive people. Because if I was armed, if I, I'm half black, half white, mm-hmm. but my fear was, if I was born all black and no white and not white, I would hate white people. Growing up, growing up on Flatbush Avenue, seeing what the police did and this yeah. and that, if I were armed with only the information that I had, that's the that shapes my individual behavior and yeah. and and I would, I would love someone out there to forgive me for that. <laughs> you know, and and empathy. Chappelle said this both ways. Empathy is not. Uh, um, transgender or gay it's bisexual well, it's, it must, it must work both ways you know and uh, like a lot of people like when they grow up the reason that they believe a lot of things they do is because of the people that they grow up around and their families that grow up around because it it goes back to our like instinctive tribalism mm-hmm. that we have where we have to be a part of the tribe to survive because back in the day if you couldn't fit in you had to be on your own and you'd likely die but if you could if you could fit in with everyone else around you, then you'd survive. Right. And that part of your brain was developed in the earliest parts of your brain in development, which is part of the amygdala, which is like binary. So right. like it doesn't know the difference between fitting in to survive in a in a twenty twenty three cultural setting to a fitting in to survive in in a cave with a couple other families, you know, like it doesn't know the difference. Show them the hat, avoiding the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, avoiding the dinosaurs, yeah. So it, so people don't know the difference, so they inherently uh, attach themselves to the people around them and the ideas behind them. So when you're telling someone you are wrong about something that they believe in and the people around them believe in, that affects them not just like, oh, they're wrong, but it, like it breaks their ideals and what they believe in. And when you do that, it, co- it causes a lot of cognitive dissonance where they feel uncomfortable and they can't process that. So instead they react and the reaction is emotional usually. So they get angry and upset and they double down on their beliefs. Even when someone can show them factual evidence, you are wrong. Here's right. the actual facts. Yep. They will double down on their beliefs. 
So you can't approach people in a sense of you're wrong, you're whatever, da da. You have to like come at a place of empathy and open mindedness, and that's I'm something that is like I never read Daryl Davis's book, but I'm no. sure that's where he because he didn't come in like oh you guys are all racist like you're terrible people blah blah like what? he went in, befriended them, and then showed them through example like what it. Like you know why they're why they're wrong. It's quite. And then, it's I gotta. I mean, it's a book I want to read, and I don't even like to read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I, I and I like that because I do think two important things. One, they're more ignorant people than stupid. All right. Ignorant means you just mm-hmm. don't know any better, and you only know you only know with the information that you're armed with. And if it's low information, you're ignorant. If it's high, mm-hmm. even if it's high information that's one dimensional, you're ignorant. Yeah. Now, stupid is something where someone gives you the information, and and there's no way no there's no way around rationalizing seeing what's an actual historical fact, and and but you're so set in your ways, so that's a willful ignorance that turns into stupidity, which is, which is harder to forgive than ignorance. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, um, because there's no empathy, because he's those some of those people you feel like they've gone too far, and and us like our faith in humanity, we still we still trying to reach out to those people too, because that's how you're built. That's that's in your DNA. Like you said, you're good at measuring people, mm-hmm. uh, measuring people and sizing people. people yeah. I am too, my man. And I know that's I know that's that's in you. Mm-hmm. And I know, and that's one of the co- the cool things that makes you. Um, I mean, in, in the South Bay, that attitude is out here is golden. Yeah. You will always be. You will always have star power, and you will always be in, recogni- recognized as an individual because of absent of the the immeasurable talent you possess. You will always be recognized for being. Well, there. I I always try to just step aside from like because mm. like if if ever I I have an emotional reaction towards something, uh-huh. I always try to take a step back and be like, what is the root of that? And like most, I feel like most things stem from insecurity, and people aren't easily ready to like let go of their ego mm. and i try to step aside from my ego and i because i want to come up with my own ideas my own thoughts i don't want to just be in in like uh, what i call like an echo chamber of the people around you and i feel like so many people are just echo chambers of of their groups around them where like no one has their own individual thoughts and it's not that they're incapable of individual thoughts i think they're just they're just stuck in in these loops until you start letting them think freely and then the more people think freely like the more they can come up with their own ideas they're like oh i i actually don't believe this i actually don't right. think this way you know and then i feel like through that sense you get people who become more open minded and more calculated than they do reactive when i was growing up i had a huge problem with gay people all right um i grew up um well Earlier years, like Catholic Lutheran, but you're mm-hmm. you're, you're you're too dumb to what the to, to know what the hell anyone's saying. You know, you fall asleep during the sermon. You don't get the sermon. Mm-hmm. But then you reach these teen years, and my teen years, I was in a part of an Assemblies of God church, a Pentecostal church called Coney Island Gospel Assembly. You know, it's an abomination. It's a sin. These people are evil. The, the devil's in their head, and and you don't want to be around them. This and that. Wow. And normally, you had a group of people that were fearful of those people, and then and normally there were people that were. They're like, that's their own thing. Why do I care what they do? I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm doing my thing. Let you do your thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then sometime between 1986, and this is important for you because you're young. There's a chronology here. Um, when the AIDS epidemic happened, mm. um, it was heavily rumored that it was a gay person's disease, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was a leader, a certain particular person from the NIAIH that said that it's no longer a disease that's sexually transmitted or from needles. You can get it from casual contact. 
Mm. And the guy was on 60 Minutes, right? And the guy, and they were like, can you be more, could you be more specific? You know, like, yeah. I don't know if it was Ed Bradley or whatever, Cronkite or Barbara Walters. Can you, uh, no, we need, you need to clarify and this that. This is before you like, then, look stuff up, yes, right? Yes, yeah. and then, um, well, this is the leader from a, a health organization. Yeah. And I don't look to the official, but when you have the name doctor, right? You, you, you're you're gonna believe him, right? Yeah. Yes, on 60 Minutes. Yeah, it's pop culture. And he says yeah. basically, when you're at Thanksgiving and you touch your grandmother, you can transmit AIDS that way. So what happened was there was this two-year period that you thought of a gay person touched you. You mm -hmm. get AIDS. Yeah. And then, I don't know the percentages, but like hate crimes, like gay bashing, went up like this. You know, there goes yeah. that F word. We gotta, we gotta, we don't, we don't want him around here. I don't want no AIDS. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. By, uh, by the way, the guy's name was Dr. Fauci. Of course. It was, yeah, it was, it, was, it was Dr. Fauci. Was it went the on, same Fauci? Yes. A the very same young, Fauci? A very no, young. No, it fucking wasn't, Yes, it, it was. Dude. Yes, it was. This guy sucks. Shut Fauci. <laughs> dude, no, he fucking didn't. Are you serious? You said this guy sucks. <laughs> Dude, Fauci is the worst fucking piece of shit. Dude, did you see that? I'm going to look up. You I want you to talk, but I'm going to look up. There was an email that got released Tell me. that Dr. Fauci sent before they put out the mask mandate. Uh huh. He had a whole email outline. Yeah, a chain shutting down the no, no, Fauci no, no. declaration. No, no, no. This was a whole email that was like a separate email to like some board or some shit. I don't remember who it was to. Saying that the masks don't work. They're pointless. But they're yeah. still going to push forward anyways. Right. He said in email, he's like, yeah, the masks don't work. <laughs> they're yeah. pointless. And we still have, I do, I saw a lady today driving in her car by herself wearing a mask. Yeah, that's crazy. And old video circulating on social media shows that Anthony Fauci close talking about close context in the context of the conversation about childhood infections he spe speculates that if a close contact of a child is in, is in household contact perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individuals who are just living with and and close contact with someone with aids or at the risk of aids who does, does not necessarily have to be intimate sexual contact or share a needle this is the picture this is the picture hold on let's let's sorry let's do that Sorry, what am I doing? Sorry, but let's let's switch to that. This is the very young Dr. Fauci. And we could delete this later, but see as we're seeing virtually as the months go by. We could edit this part out, but you need to hear this. Be involved and, and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing. When you say other close contact, give me some examples. Well, for example, if if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individual who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in normal interpersonal relationships. No way. Dude. Dude. Sorry. Dude, that scared people to death. Oh, well, yeah, because this you're is like... from um, I don't know, I, I, I believe it was from 86, but possibly 1988. Mm -hmm. And um, imagine hearing that. And you don't want, of course, you don't want your kids next to them. If you think, if you think AIDS back then is a gay person's disease, mm -hmm. you don't want your kids or yourself or anyone near AIDS. In fact, you might piece up any, any gay person that gets close well, to you. Yeah, and that's that's controlling started, the truth. Started by this dude. 
Yeah. The, the, you said, dude, would you say the worst ever? <laughs> I didn't want to mention his name way, because, uh, um, but I'm like, yo, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> He's the same guy. Now, everyone's saying that was taken out of context, but that's not taken out of context because the, the journalist asked him to give examples. So once you start giving examples, there's, there is no context. That you're full, saying that. That was a full statement. Yeah. Like, That's, how is that out of he's the long, He was the longest running government employee. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's still on. No, he's, he's done. Oh, he's yeah, well, he's done now, but. He just, actually, he just collected $100,000 on a speak for a speaking engagement. Someone invited him to a speaking engagement, so now he's doing those at hundred grand a pop. No way. Yeah. That's our, that's our guy. That's our hero. Yeah. But here's the point I was trying to make. I grew up hating gay people. I grew up being scared of gay people, and then because because you weren't you were told something different, like you you weren't told the truth. Yeah, and but but you're also in a setting yeah. where everyone's saying Amen, Hallelujah, gay, it's a, it's oh, Abomination, yeah. gay, right? Hallelujah, burn in hell, you know. So you're in the surrounding with people that are Jesus freaks like you that are saying the same thing. So of course you're gonna believe it. I'm yeah. young, I'm naive, I'm like 17, 15. But, but you uh, almost don't fully believe it. You're just echoing other people's beliefs. I no, I believed it. No, no, no. But yeah. you think you believe it. Right. But you freely did not believe it. Mm. Because I think people don't fully believe things until they come to conclusions on their own. Right. Based off their own like research and their own thoughts and their own ideals. Mm -hmm. When they're spitting out information that other people tell them. That, that's what I was talking about. The echo chamber. Yeah. Where like, because you're not even old enough to like believe things and like to fully Right. Like to understand. And I feel like when you believe something fully, it's like when you understand it fully. And so you were just an echo chamber of everyone around you saying this, saying that, saying that. I'm sorry. So, it's just your face when you found that it was about you. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to talk to me, but you, had, you just went, oh. I'm sorry. You were trying to say something important. And all I could no, see I was I, your face. <laughs> now, here's where it changed. Here's where my, my, my mindset changed. Mm -hmm. I'm a volleyball player, right? Yeah. Or, or was a longtime volleyball player. You can't be a volleyball player in New York City and not run into a, a, um, a really good volleyball player who's gay, who's not gay. Yeah. The 30% of some of the best skill, skill set players in New York City playing in this league called the Gotham League. The Gotham League is, is, a, gay, is a gay league. Everyone in the league is gay. Um, well, not everyone in the league because they don't, they don't disallow people that are straight. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. a true equal, equal, whatever. But at some point, I'm going to run into people and I'm going to be close to them. And I'm going to find out they're gay. And I'm like, I'm supposed to hate this guy. Why don't I hate this guy? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you why. Because all, all that other stuff was, was, was not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a it friend named Mike, Michael Kilgallen, you know. Uh, this guy, he's, he's an attorney, Michael Kilgallen. He wrote me home one time and... And I said something stupid like, I don't believe in Adam and Eve. I believe in Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve or something like that. And then I found out he was gay and I felt so embarrassed. I didn't talk to him for months and I finally called him up and and he's like, is this Jason? I'm like, yes. He's like, is this the Jason who believes in Adam and Eve and not Adam yeah. and Steve? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and and I was like, what am I doing? What am I hating? What 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 is going on? You know, and... I'm I'm a completely different person with that mm -hmm. person. I mean, you, we all do go through transitions. There's a transition yeah. you go through with with sexuality. One, the first transition is, I don't care that you are right. 
And then the second transition is, okay, I do care that you are in a good way. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and I'm cool with either one. If one, if a person's like, I don't care what you do in your own time, that's your thing, that's mine, I'm still your friend, boom. Or if you're that type of person, hey, I do care, I want to understand your culture more. That's both of those, to me, both of those are wins. Because neither one is being non-inclusive. Mm -hmm. Neither one is being bigoted, you know, as far as their own personal choices. Yeah. Uh, um, and and how it relates into the general society and and i've completely changed but that took me t almost 20 years yeah because you, yeah you're to break, flip that because you, you're breaking down the the rooted beliefs that mm -hmm. were instilled on you wow and the more information you had the more you learned the more you realized that your beliefs were wrong because you were given misinformation mm -hmm. and everyone around you was telling you like, this is true, this is truth, this is truth. And then you get older and then you can start making decisions for yourself and your brain starts developing like fully when you're like 25 to like be able to come up with those free ideas. And um, and once you come up with those free ideas and you're like, wow, maybe I was wrong about this, I was wrong about this, I was wrong about this. And I feel like that's like the biggest transition stage is like your kind of mid-20s to like late 20s is because that that's kind of like when I – um, I started thinking like wildly different as well. You know, it's like my mid twenties and, um, I mean, everyone goes through like an asshole stage. So I was probably like a little bit of a shit when I was we younger. All, we all do. Yep. Yeah. And if you look at like, almost like, uh, cause I, I grew up going to churches and stuff. Like I'm, I'm not religious, um, anymore. Like I, I believe there's other powers and things involved in the world right. and connectedness. Um, but to say it's, oh, it's, it's this guy from this book. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, you know, believe that. Written but 2000 years ago. Yeah. yeah. But most of my pastors were people who were like fucking like one, one of my pastors, like nicest dude, most genuine dude. And he used to be a fucking pimp and okay. he was a multi-million dollar gangster. And yeah. he like, uh, he had his, like, he, he ran his hoes. He did this, he did this. He like slang drugs. He did all this shit. And then one day he was just like, you know, I, I need out. I need out. And uh, so he left his girl, who's his business partner, and he took like a couple mil as like his cut. Okay. And then she came and found him with some guys. They're like, give us the fucking money. Like, if you really want out, like, you're not taking any money. So then he gave him everything and started from zero and then built himself up, found God, like all this stuff and became wow. a pastor. Yeah. And this huh. dude, like you would not know at all. I mean, he's like this, you know, bigger Hispanic dude, like nicest guy though. Like you see him always got a smile on his face. just so grateful and so loving and his family is wonderful. And this dude is just an amazing guy. But, and then when he told that story, when I was like, uh, when I was in like youth group, he told that story, I was like, yo, the fuck? this guy used to be a G. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. People are like, oh, people will never change. People will never change. It's like, that's the most made up shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, Agreed. you can change. It's tough. And, like, I try to change every day. Like, I wake up every morning. I take a cold shower this morning. Like, and I never want to. Like, I fucking hate it. I woke up this morning. I, w I woke up this morning cold. So, I was like, I don't want to take a cold shower. And I was like, well, fuck, I have to do it. So, I take the cold shower I'm working on my music, <sighs> trying to meditate, like I'm eating better, like I haven't drank in like, I don't fucking know, like a month and a half, something like that. And like I'm, because I'm focused on making myself better yeah. and like putting myself in, and and that it's it's a long road and it's it's constant. Like you should always be working on yourself. It's not like a, oh, you go to a week seminar 
to better yourself and no. now you're a better person the rest of your life. It's like, no, it's something you have to work on, but people yeah. can change. Like that's But also one of the bigger secrets of being an artist is to look to do everything in your power to look timeless. Yeah. Like I'm not t- I'm not asking your age and no one no one because no one would guess it anyway, right? Like yeah. I'm like I'm fifty two. I don't, look, I don't look 52, right? Oh, I thought you were like 38. No. I look like a creepy 38, right? <laughs> hey, little girl. How you doing? No. <laughs> help, help. No, but, um, if I shaved, I'd look fucking yeah. 16. I know. Yeah, they'd be know. checking. You wouldn't You wouldn't even get into karaoke. They'd I be know. like, yo, this idea is fake, son. Get out of here. I know. <laughs> but you also stumbled on us all, son, and we're going to wrap up in a bit. And yeah, Because we got a decision soon. to make on this file. The file is only, uh, has 11 minutes left. <laughs> Um, like the file only holds 226, but Damn. I want to say something that you said before about misinformation. Mm-hmm. The biggest antidote against misinformation is critical thinking skills. Yeah. Misinformation never survives basic critical thinking skills, which is why I have a huge problem when someone's like, you're not a doctor. You can't talk about this. You're not a lawyer. You can't talk about that. When if you just use common sense. And you put two and two together based on what you read and, and research in, you can come up with your own conclusions at a mm-hmm. certain level. Yeah. Now, if this, the interpreting the data, if the data is in fact true, uh, or goes true. beyond your level of maintenance, then mm-hmm. then you're like, all right, let me get someone here to help me with this. Someone who's a doctor. But on a basic math level, let's just give you an example. Let's say there's 100 people in a village, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say 90 of them got the vaccine. Let's say 10 of them didn't. Let's say five of those 10 people got infected. What percentage is that? 50. Right. Now, let's say of the remaining 90, let's say 30 of those 90 get infected. What's the percentage? Third. 33. So if you put on a piece of paper that percentage-wise, more unvaccinated people got infected than vaccinated people, people are going to see the percentage and mm-hmm. think that that's a bigger truth than what it really is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's true that it's 50%. But what they don't know, it's also true. It's five out of 10 people. Mm-hmm. And quantitative reasoning dictates that the smaller the sample size, the higher the percentage. So they're lying to you with the truth. Mm-hmm. It's hidden in plain sight. Because 30 fucking people is, is going to be more of a super spreader than five. Yeah, and like, and that's that's. But all that's it an is. example of how people would be like, "Oh, the doctor said this. Oh, you don't believe this? You're not a doctor." And I'm like, "No, no, I'm not following this. I'm not. I'm not trying to follow the science. I'm following the math. Yeah, the math. I, I know math. <laughs> the math is hidden in plain sight. But then you have you have doctors who learn <clears throat> through schools mm-hmm. that are like funded by governments, and then the biggest scientific facilities are funded by governments. So. The officials at the top are like, hey, this is true. Like X plus one equals B. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is truth. So then everyone learns this is truth. If you accept that as a given, yeah. Yeah. And then someone else can come along and be like, well, X plus one equals X one. And right. they're like, no, it's B. Right. Because this why. And they're like, all the, yeah, all the top scientists in the world say, it. well, aren't they all controlled by the government? Right. So there's so many things that the government can just change right. and be like, this is truth now. So then everyone learning it in schools, that's run by the like, with government officials. Right. Also, there's also something called a bandwagon fallacy. Bandwagon mm-hmm. fallacy is when someone operates that uh, because a premise is popular, mm-hmm. uh, that it's the truth. Yeah. Like if you name a whole bunch of doctors, they're like 99.9% of all the doctors say this is true. Um, and if you accept that as a given, Based on the information, you're going to go with that, mm-hmm. you know. But what happened in this climate 
there were thousands and thousands of people who were um, censored. The, mm -hmm. the, look up the Great Barrington Declaration. That was it was started by three professors, three 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 medical people. One's from Harvard, one's from Stanford, and one's from Oxford. And the three of them got together and said, "Hey, we need to talk about early treatment. We 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 support the vaccine. The vaccine probably might work, and we're pretty sure it does. But if it doesn't, we need to discuss alternative forms of treatment. Uh, you know, to get to get ahead of this early vitamin mm -hmm. D, exercise, this and that, right? And there was a chain email which was um, found on the Twitter." whatever, mm -hmm. from the NIH, the CDC, and the NAIH that said we have to shut these people down. They, we can't let them be heard. And they, they, talk, they, they, talk, they called those scientists fringe. Yeah. The Harvard guy, the Stanford guy, and the Oxford guy, who spent their life in this particular wheelhouse of epidemiology, virology, and this and that, are, are all of a sudden, who built their reputation, all of a yeah. sudden they're fringe. But, right. the, but, but until this, their whole entire life, mm -hmm. they were the best in their field. Yeah. So they were deliberately, tactically um, structured against to make sure their voices wasn't heard. Yeah. Yeah. You look anyone who has Wikipedia that thinks I'm I'm dipping I'm wearing a tin hat or I'm in some conspiracy guy, I'm only gonna say two things. It's on it's on no, but it's on Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, there's spoiler alerts now, right? But um, Wikipedia has this. It tells you look up the Great Barrington Declaration. Tell you how it started, which doctors, which medical professions were on board. Tens of thousands of doctors mm -hmm. and what and like minded or whatever, and, and just read it and just and you decide for yourself. If you decide I'm wrong, that's fine. You know, and I don't like the word conspiracy because I think the person who believes everything is true is just as dangerous as the one who believes none of it's true. That's where critical thinking skills comes into play. Yeah, I mean, I've, I I love conspiracies. I yeah. watch so many fucking videos uh, and like so much stuff. It's entertaining Alex and I talk. Yeah, it's entertaining, but like <laughs> in like 70% of the time, it's like there's a lot of bullshit conspiracies. And then 30% of the time, I'm like, nah, this is just true. Yeah. Like they'll have like actual evidence of like government officials like shutting people down for stuff. Right. When they like proved they like created free energy or they created this, they created this. And then those people just are dead. Mm -hmm. right. It's like they're sure. just dead. Yeah. Like right before they're about to like give a speech on this or they're going to talk about this and now they're dead. Right. And then all of a sudden all their files and all their stuff is taken. It's like Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla had uh, over 80 trunks of documents that he, he had in his apartment. And when he died, after they found him, they found that somebody went through all his shit. Oh, my God. So someone knew. <laughs> so someone either killed him. I mean, he was like, he was like 83, 86 when he died. So could have been. They said it was a blood caught in his heart. Could have died from that. And then the FBI was just monitoring him. And so he died. They're like, okay, let's go get his shit while he's dead. Or, you know, they could have pushed him a little over the edge and then went in and took all this shit. And you gotta, you gotta think this is a guy who had schematics for like, and this is in the thirties who had schematics for cell phones, for mm. electric cars, for all the shit we have now, this dude had schematics for and for free energy. And he built his Tesla tower. Wow. Which was going to wirelessly send free energy with a, like anywhere around the world. And he tested it on a city and the whole city lit up and he ran the city off the power of his uh, Tesla top or like a, off a miniature one. So he, he was building a big one and he wanted to construct a really big one to like literally power the fucking world with these Tesla towers. And who was his backer? It was JP Morgan. 
What did J.P. Morgan own? He owned all the electric companies. He owned all the timber companies, all yeah. the wiring companies, everything designed to build these uh, electric towers. So mm. he would be out of business and his, he would crash. And J.P. Morgan was his funder. So Nikola Tesla hit up Russia to fund him. And they wired him like, well, not wired. They 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 had a contract of like okay. twenty five thousand. And uh, I was recently watching a show about this, and these guys went in to the um, it's it's over in um, uh, <coughs> uh, Siberia, is where the Nikola Tesla's all of his files are and like all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, can we like look at that file? And they're like, sure. So they showed him the first page of the document. They're like, oh, can we see the last page where like he signed it and all these other people signed it? And the guy's like, no. He's like, like, this guy's like the director of the museum. They're like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. And they're like, why, why can't we see it? They're like, oh, like sometimes you, like we're, we allow people to see it, but you have to go through all these procedures. So I'm thinking yeah. like NDAs, all this other bullshit. Like they can't have cameras, like all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, w- why? What the fuck? That's isn't it crazy what they do? Like the like it's crazy that they like, can just steal someone's yeah. property and be like, oh yeah, no one else can we're, see it now. And we'll release it in fifty years. No, you can see it in fifty years. Yeah, right. And like Nicola the Tesla, J, the yeah. JFK files was like like a fifty year thing. You couldn't you couldn't open it because of compromise or whatever. Well, a, a judge had to shame uh, the CDC and the FDA because they said the inf- we couldn't produce the information in seventy five yeah. Pfizer seventy five years. Yeah. And the judge is like, no, you ain't got 75 years. You got till September or or you're all in contempt of court. So you're right. Well, (laughs) they took all of his files and like all of his boxes and they took, uh, there was uh, 60 or 80. Mm -hmm. It was was 80 like fucking boxes of over 200,000 documents and machines that he had built. Jesus. And, And that was all recorded because the FBI took it and they recorded all that information and then they held it for nine years. And then the government finally, uh, it was, um, no, they held it for way longer than that. They held it for like, I think the FBI had it for nine years and then it got transferred to somebody else. But then the documentation was finally released when Obama, uh, right before he went out of office, like had all the all the files released or whatever, you okay, know, that yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. And so part of that was like mention of like the Tesla files. And he's like, yeah. So like, where'd you get that information? Obama? They're like, dude, from the fucking FBI. Like the the documents stated. I think there's a lot of stuff that's blacked out, but the documents state. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of information that says like, oh yeah, 80 like boxes, like this amount, this amount. And the guy's like, oh, well you got to remember this was like at the peak of world war two and like 1943 where uh, there was a lot going on. So they, they took like, he's like, like you think that that's like that information is going to be accurate. Like they probably miscounted and just wrote it down quick. Cause there's a lot going on. It's like, you think the fucking FBI who records immaculate information, writing shit down was like missed that amount of crates by 20. And the reasoning is because the war was going on. No, <laughs> That's no. so stupid. No, they were, when someone redacts information, it's for two reasons. It's to protect people, present tense, who are still doing operational stuff, mm-hmm. or to protect themselves from exposure um, where there are still people living that can pay the price for it. Or to hide a bunch of shit yeah. that people don't want you to know about. But why do you think they said 50 years? They're like, let these people live, and when they die, yeah. you, can't, you can't prosecute, you can't try a dead mm-hmm. person. 
That's why the JFK files and like maybe the CIA operatives, or if there was in fact a conspiracy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I'm not saying there was. Um, and also for YouTube purposes, I'd like to say the vaccine, the vaccine prevents transmission because that's, you know, and, and it's 100% safe. So I have to say, I have to cite that for this episode. So big thumbs up to YouTube and the vaccine. Okay. But um, so we had to, let's, let's, um, let's do that for, for our people. Right. But um, I think the point I was trying to make was that they're protecting people who don't want to live to be persecuted for it. Mm-hmm. Right, seventy-five years—the whole Pfizer thing. All of the people, like, if there was some fuckery going on there, we we can't do anything about it because all will be gone by then. And their, in fact, their children will be gone. So there, the, this is the JFK thing. And again, I'm not saying that that's a conspiracy. I will only say that I don't think Oswald acted alone. You know, I fired him. I'm an expert in the M16. I'm an expert with a Beretta, um, and I could throw a hell of a, a a hand grenade. And it's just really, really hard to make a shot, fire off three shots at a moving target, you know, 800, 800 yards away going, or 800 feet away going left to right. Uh, and then you hit the president um, twice, including a headshot. Most experts will say the first shot is the most accurate because he's the one, that's the one where the car's coming towards you, mm-hmm. not when it comes this way. Because the further it's this way, the further the target, the smaller the target gets. So, and it's really hard to let off three shots in 6.7 seconds or 7.1 seconds. Um, Damn. See, I, I don't know a bolt action Because you have to fire Reload. Then you gotta cock the bolt. Then, yeah. then look through the scope again, boom, and then cock, then scope again. You yeah. know, and most experts will say that's not an easy shot to make. I'm not saying it's impossible. That's why I'm mm-hmm. not ruling out he acted alone. I just don't think he did. But like that kind of pressure too. Yeah. Like I, I understand and by doing a guy it. who's not even a good shot. Yeah, right? If wasn't. you look at his military records, like CBS, they did a special saying he was an expert marksman. Mm-hmm. So for the people listening at home, expert marksman is an oxymoron. They're opposite meanings because mm-hmm. in the military, when you qualify for your weapon, marksman means you were the worst. You, you barely qualified. <laughs> Let's say it's 40 targets. Marksman mm-hmm. means you shot 23 out of the 40 to, to 29 out of the 40. Okay. Now, sharpshooter is 30 to 36. So you're a better shot. You shot 30 out of, to 36 out of the 40. Expert is 37 to 40. You're the best of the best. At no point in this guy's military records was he an expert. He was only a sharpshooter once maybe twice, and every other time he was a marksman. So you're trying to tell me a guy who's a marksman, who's the worst shot, and probably one of the worst shots in his unit, um, shot came up with the, the, the shot of a lifetime. Yeah, the shot of a lifetime. But they're, they're giving him credit for these moments of brilliance. But, but all of us, but his escape plan was, was sloppy as fuck. That, yeah. th- those are the things that are consistent with that make conspiracy nuts be conspiracy nuts. For me, I'm just going from a critical thinking standpoint mm-hmm. on possibility. I don't, I think it's possible. I just don't think it's likely that this mm-hmm. man acted alone and, and, and hit the president twice. And, and, that, and the third shot was a headshot. I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't want to talk the about. The last shot was a headshot. That's what I'm saying. But most experts would tell you the first one is the most accurate one. But this guy, his, his, it's his third, it's the last shot. Ask any expert on a rifle, and they will not tell you that the third shot is the most accurate one, uh, given this uh, in the given circumstances. That was, they'll say that when the target's closer, slowing down and, and moving, the, um, coming towards you, and then s- slowing down to do this. That's the one that's the most accurate one. They'll, they'll any expert. I'm ask me. I'm an expert. Look, look behind you. Look on that wall. See that that badge says expert. My last six times I qualified for my weapon, I shot 40 out of 40. Except one Damn. time I shot 39 out of 40. That's fucking dope. That's my badge for my, my, my Beretta. That's my badge from my M16A2. 
And I got another badge over there for throwing grenades the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Not at you. So just my opinion. You mm -hmm. know, again, no tinfoil hat, critical thinking skills, not ruling out the possibility. Not saying it's it's impossible. It could have it could have been the, the most unique shot of a lifetime. I just I just have a hard time seeing it. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know. Could you have made that shot three um, times? With my weapon, yes. With his, with the scope that I, that you had to cock back and then look through the scope again, you have to look through the scope again after you after yeah. you cock it back, yeah. you know. But with my weapon, because the M16A2 has a maximum effective range of 460 meters, okay, uh, yeah, I can make that shot because that shot's 800 feet away, and I shot a 300 meter target three times. 300 meters, basically a thousand feet. Was it a moving target? No, but it was way, it was dude. So far, it's, or... it's half. It's just a head and shoulders image, and it and it pops up for ten seconds, and you have ten seconds to make that shot. And I make that yeah. shot. So, so some targets are as close as fifty meters. In fact, your drill sergeant will tell you the first target is fifty meter left. That's I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna give you a gimme. Just make sure you aim this way because the first target is fifty meter left. You can't miss that. You could pick up a rock and hit that. You know. In fact, someone on the range did hit up with a rock. Cause the last one was fifty meter right, and mm -hmm. he double pumped he twitched he double pumped and mm -hmm. he let off two shots on one target so the last target he was out of bullets so he i was his i was his spotter he Fair looked right. around and he picked it to see uh, and he grabbed a rock then he looked around again to make sure and when the last target popped up whoosh <laughs> and he hit the target and the target fell he got and i got dropped for so many push-ups because that night some people that failed that failed to qualify uh -huh. the drill sergeant was yelling at someone and he says son you missed 50 meters he says you could pick up a rock and hit that and i started laughing and you think that shit's funny drop and i did dude i did so many push-ups and i was uh, i he, he, he caught me laughing because someone in fact someone did in fact pick up a rock <laughs> He picked up a rock and hit at the target. That's crazy. <laughs> oh man, did I spin off? No, I was gonna. Oh spin man, off. we gotta get, we gotta wrap yeah, up. Gotta, let's um, let's give you um, let's let's do a little IG thing, a little website thing. People okay. want to know about Mr. Dive, MC Dive. Let's let them know who you are. Yeah. What's yeah. what's your IG? Tell let, let everybody know where, uh, you, where they can find you and yeah, my, they so, want to know more. Yeah, my uh, my artist name is Dive D Y V E, mm. and. Uh, all my handles are only dive only dive it's like the og only fans what's your um you got some new music coming out you know i listened to i just dropped a new song i listened to night. guarantee yeah i got guarantee and i got two other songs on my playlist i'm gonna show you and it's 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 back to back to back dive it's on my play playlist called um abdel's new esh uh, like S -H -I -T. okay so go ahead keep going do you want to do you want to play my new single hell yeah hell yeah let's do it is on Spotify? Yeah. Uh, I'm on Spotify right now. Um, Let's do that. Spotify, where are you? And I'm also, you're easy, I'm, it's easy to follow because I already have you on, on, on whatever. I love the attention you got. What was the song you sang that The Rock was working, that Dwayne Johnson was working on too? I looked in your Spotify thing. That thing got like a fifty, a million five, um, one point oh, five million hits. I think it's dude. like one point eight now. Yeah. What do you think my most YouTube video was? How many views do you think I got on my, for YouTube? On YouTube? Yeah. What do you think my most YouTube video was for for, for like out of all the content, volleyball podcast? Yeah. What do you think my most? How many views do you think my most viewed video is? Twenty 
20k that's a good guess yeah no it's not oh it's 5.7 million 5.7 million yeah damn yeah but not the podcast it was volleyball content the podcast is 29k it's wendy jones from the optimist journal wendy wendy is a savage yeah and wendy's got a following wendy's got a uh, i call a teenage following on instagram like she's 40 something years old but like you look at her followers that's that's something like teenage girls are supposed mm-hmm. to have she's got a teenage following so i got your album right here um i see sip that c-tac scroll down see the big picture uh-huh yeah that's the new one i just dropped let's do it that's the one that's been on the, the background right here play it yeah, just rock it, it. let's yeah, do it all right people this is for you in fact this is how we're gonna wrap up Life oh, is yeah we're gonna do we're gonna do that <laughs> let's do that for while they're doing the 30 second um there's an ad they're running an ad so when they're done running the ad the, the picture's not on the video so don't worry about that either but i i got guarantee right um guarantee what else guarantee another step mm-hmm. that's you you did that that jam with um who was that with the ships have sailed yes yes it was done oh, here we go all right thanks a lot uninterrupted huh you want me to pay more money is that is that what's up all right here we go yeah man i I just took a flight just to try to fight a plane Always keep them guessing, that's why I don't know my age. Uh, Assalamualaikum to my shoddy with the face. Uh, always having good times like it's Davy Wayne's. Uh, living life out on the edge. Uh, running through the light like it was never red. Uh, hanging with the devil, not the advocates. And if I ever die again, then will it be the end? Man, from top down, I'm the fucking chosen. Living life like a bachelor when they put the rose in. Thinking I'm a ten, really I'm a dozen. I hit a city when they talk, cause I'm looking like a cheat code. Never need those. Why wow. you trying to wear the pea code in the heat though? I remember as a we go, I was see no starting finished as an ego. Every week though, trying to get me with the ambush, just cause I'm handsome. If they caught I had a ransom, I wouldn't answer. Cause I saw that they was blitzing, but I was prancing. Now they moving to my anthem like they a dancer. So now I'm Flying in the seat tag with my seat back Thinking I should probably rebrand after rehab Got no gimmicks in my name Sammy Huckleberry and my email is the same Laid down on the track oh, this is Sam. to be yeah. Oops, hopping caboose I took the party on back where I heard they got better booze I heard they got silver spoons Not one for sharing the stage I'm taking over the kitchen where they preparing the place So now the moon's up, tides turn Yo DJ keep my vocals We're going to run the credits on this one. I'm going to run the credits on the end. Yeah. But I like... um. This one's called Another Step. I'm going to run the credits at the end and we wrap up like that. I'll do the, And I'll do the credits on the edit. Um, it's one of... I like Guarantee, but I really like this that this mix you do with... um. 
God, what's I can't believe Shapes I can't remember this. Thank you. <laughs> what's the matter with me, man? Oh, here it is. I don't wanna take another step now. Cause this shows your voice. Yeah, well I got both versions of New York. I'm it's from been hard to even take a step and even harder just to take a breath. And every moment that I thought we spent, I saw it going somewhere different than you saw it guess. I love it's it. Like, I've been trying almost every and day. that's how we're going to finish. For all of you at home, for all of you in your iPads or desktop, this is my boy so MC Doc. Like I'm, yeah. I'm Jason Debeus. This is episode 166 of the Option Podcast. My brother. Yo, give it up. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an absolute fucking pleasure, dude. I don't want to take another step now. It's such a long way down.